Life is full of awesome what ifs and some not so much, like unexpected medical costs. That's why United Healthcare provides Health Protector Guard fixed indemnity insurance plans to supplement your primary plan and help manage out of pocket costs. Learn more at uh1.com. Millions of people have lost weight with personalized plans from Noom, like Evan, who can't stand salads and still lost 50 pounds. Salads, generally, for most people, are the easy button, right? For me, that wasn't an option. I never really was a salad guy. That's just not who I am. But Noom worked for me. Get your personalized plan today at Noom.com. Real Noom user compensated to provide their story. In four weeks, the typical Noom user can expect to lose one to two pounds per week. Individual results may vary. Many of us have those stubborn pounds that seem impossible to lose, no matter how good we eat or how hard we work out. My solution is Plush Care. PlushCare is a leading telehealth provider with doctors who are there for you day and night to partner with you in your weight loss journey. They can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wagovi and Zepbound for those who qualify. Plus, they accept most insurance plans. To get started, visit plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. Amazon Business Honors Ricardo Gurgel, owner of Veggie Root Tavern. This week, Ricardo saved big and used Amazon Business to help his team buy commercial deep fryers at a quantity discount. Because even veggies can be fried. I'm going to need two orders of fried fiddleheads. With business buying easier than before, Ricardo now uses his extra time to focus on growing something big. Buy smarter, dream bigger. Visit Amazon Business, your partner for smart business buying. Mmm, fiddleheads. Yum. You're listening to the most fraudulent F1 podcast with Dan, a.k.a. Engine Mode 11. I secretly moonlight as Helmut Marco at race weekends. And Blake, a.k.a. Break. Echo chambers of farts and idiots on Twitter after races. It's the engine-breaking F1 podcast. Hello. Who did that amazing intro? Michael, was that you? Big up, Michael. He's a we real one. You, man. Real one. Real one. Like F1. Yeah. Guess what? What's up? Episode seven. Has what it really got, been seven episodes? On? Yeah. Has, have, we not, have we not been canceled yet? Not yet. We've been trying really hard, but um, <laughs> not yet. Oh my God. So, um, so for anybody that's new to the episode, my name is Blake, AKA Break. And uh, who do we have here? Who are you? You got a nice beard. Thank That's you. A... Um, do you like my shirt as well? That is excellent. That is excellent. I uh, I wore that one especially for tonight. Oh, so okay. I am Engine Mode Eleven, aka Dan. Um, I talk rubbish on the internet, and I claim to be uh, somewhat knowledgeable in F one, despite stealing a living from Red Bull for six years. <laughs> he knows wheel. Yeah. What did What did you do anyway? Uh, my job title was senior systems engineer. Like, what did you actually do? Uh, I basically just posted memes from Twitter and uh, <laughs> gave Jos Verstappen the Wi-Fi code at the race garage. That is pretty sick. That is pretty sick. So um, this is our second guest episode. We've got the second time we've had a guest on the pod. And uh, I, I think we're going to have to have a guest showdown later. Um, so... Joao's coming back, and uh, he's going to have a death match, probably, with... Um, should we... Um, probably... Let me, let me introduce her first, and then I'll let her introduce herself properly, because I'm going to fuck it up 
royally, but Tony was probably, so we've got Tony Cohen Brown, AKA F1 Tony. And she was probably one of the first F1 creators. Like my girlfriend told me about TikTok during COVID. And I was like, TikTok's dumb. I'm not a child, you know, I'm not a child. I don't need TikTok. I don't want to do dance apps. I'm like, wait, there's people talking about real stuff on, on TikTok. And uh, so that was back in my gaming days. It was like, F1 Tony, she knows a lot of stuff. And why is she talking about all this other stuff that nobody else is really talking about? So she was really one of the first F1 creators on my radar. And now, and now she's on our podcast hanging out with us. So uh, welcome, Tony. Hi. Hi. Thank you for I, having me. This is fun. I'm to be here. You know, this this is a really tame introduction for me. You're like, oh, hey, how's it going? We're going to get some some serious F-bombs and uh, we're going to probably get demonetized on YouTube for this episode. <laughs> but, but let's fucking go. <laughs> let's go. So uh, give us like the rundown. If, if some if you had, you know, you had to make a first impression on somebody and like, what do you do? Like, who what who are you? What defines you? What, what are you going to tell them first? God, I think I'm, I'm someone who makes terrible first impressions because I have That's a serious okay. case of resting bee face um i'll try and not swear um because I'll, no, i'm no, gonna help you no, not be we, demonetized by the no. way congratulations on seven episodes i was reading this morning that 94 percent of people who start a podcast give up after episode three so you're already in that you know that top, yeah. yeah in that top percent wow. um, but day you should celebrate the day you hit 20 episodes because that means you're in the one percent because only no. one percent of people who start podcasts hit 20 episodes so that's one to celebrate Secret no to that, Tony, is me and Blake have given up on life. So <laughs> <laughs> I think that's the secret to any content creation is just give up on life and hang out on the internet, which is honestly the, the what I say to people. I hang out on the internet with strangers. Which is um, uh, which is a complete disservice. Come on, break it down for um, us. Give us give us the shittest first okay. impression of you. I'm like a cat. I've had a bunch of several lives. I started as a policy, politic, um, political pundit, wonk, whatever you want to call them, um, did all, I did seven years of studies in politics, policy, international relations, digital diplomacy, you name it. Um, so that's where I started my career. And then I flipped that career into more of the tech space, um, bridged the gap between politics and tech, which I always loved. And then started to have this realization that actually I am not, I don't have the patience enough to look at one thing in a siloed perspective. So I realized after doing politics for five years, I was bored. I yep. needed something else, then did tech for seven years, then realized I was bored and then ended up in motorsports. And I can talk more about that. But what I really love, and it took me a long time to realize this, but what I really love is looking at things. And I always say this, that lie at the intersection of politics, tech, now motorsport, pop culture, because I think you can't in today's world talk about one topic without understanding the realms of complexities in all of these other spaces. Um, and the other thing that I realized is I've actually always been creating content. So whether it was trying to close multi-million dollar deals in tech, I was doing that via content creation. I was explaining yeah. to people that if you want to be successful in the space, this is what it looks like. I was, I always loved talking on, I, I actually, fun fact, I used to be I used to talk about the news of the day on the BBC um, radio and they'd just have me in and say, hey, Tony, what are your thoughts on this? And then one day I said shag online and they banned me and I never got invited back. You, you said you said the shag word. I said shag. I thought I was being polite. I was going to say fuck. Uh, yeah, <laughs> I, thought I, I thought I was using an appropriate word. Um, yeah. and like, this, this is the toned down version of that. to all of our guests currently listening. No, you can, um, BBC. You we can say, say that word. 
Say whatever the fuck you want on this fucking shitty podcast, Tony. So I think that's why traditional media does not like my swearing. Hence Twitch. Here we go. They do, but like, let, we'll get into that because this. I I I think you feel similar to me. Is this is the future of uh, content? All these traditional ways of presenting news and everything else—they're gone. They're going to be and gone soon. They're going to be antiquated. Completely antiquated. And it's interesting actually you bring that up, Blake, because I think that was my initial introduction to Twitch is during the last American presidential elections, I started watching Hassan Piker, known as Hassan Abi, on, on Twitch. And I realized I was always into European politics, knew fuck all about American politics. Yeah. And I was trying through traditional media and it was boring the living crap out of me. It was the same pundits over and over again, all over shouting over each other, all agreeing, putting me to bed. And then I discovered Hassan and I was like, holy crap, this one dude has absolutely managed to like grab me and engage me. And then what I realized is it was the two-way conversation. It was, he was feeding off of his chat. He was yep. sporadically opening tabs. He was discovering something as they were going. He was unapologetic about this is fucking chaos. But, and here's the thing that I love is life is chaos. And yep. if you look at anything that likes happened with the cost cap is we, we kid ourselves thinking hey. that things are well-prepared and well-organized. It's not, it's an, everything is a shit show. And the moment you realize how the sausage is made, you may, you realize it's the same in every single industry. And I helped big presidential candidates, um, big political referendums run their campaign and their election. And it was an absolute shit show from start to finish. And then they come out and do their TED presentations of, well, this is how we won. These are the five steps. And you're like, bullshit. Yeah, that's not a five-step approach. Your pants were on fires. You're screwed. But no one had it. And so that's the constant <laughs> everywhere. It's a shit show. And we're all just trying to figure out. And I appreciate that with Hassan. And I think that whether you're trying to get the news, whether you're trying to understand Formula One, whether you're listening into a race, I think people love that. Of you're not stop pretending you've got it all together. We don't. No one does. You, you I know there are moments like, in life where you need it, but most of the time yeah. we don't. You mean like last weekend at the race when they're gaslighting Gasly around? It's like hide. We've had a pants on fire situation. We've had a code brown. Uh, what do we do? We've crapped our trousers. Let's throw Pierre Gasly under the bus. And fair enough. But so we've we've got that intro to Tony, but how does Tony end up in Formula One? Like, because I, I know your story, but like it starts with, with young Tony, doesn't it? It starts with young Tony. I lived in Belgium, Brussels, so an hour away from Spa Francorchamps. Um, everything is an hour away when you live in Belgium. Like that's the size yeah. of the length of the country <laughs> to go from one end to the other. Um, you've done Belgium. So yeah, by the time you hear Spa Francorchamps, you're just like, oh, okay, that was Belgium. Um, love, love. I lived there for 20 years. It, I think I still consider it home. I'm a bit of a nomad. I was born in France, grew up in Belgium, British by passport, now currently living in America. Um, never felt more European than when you moved to America, which is always very fun. <laughs> yeah, you're like, um, hi, hi, I don't, I don't sound, <laughs> it might look like you, but but let's see. Um, how, and how often I, do you tell people that you're better than them just because you're European? Is that a thing? No, I'm just kidding. No, I'm actually thinking about it because <laughs> it probably happens more than a show. No, I, I joke. Um, one thing that I have learned and discovered by moving from one country to another, and I imagine this you must see this, that the two of you have traveled the world, is you there's something beautiful in sort of like not comparing but contrasting what countries have to offer versus saying, oh, I wish they had this back home. Back home, this was much better, of looking at what a certain country has. So let's not kid ourselves. America is shit when it comes to infrastructure. They don't know how to set up a train line if, you know, 
if their life depended on it. They're terrible with healthcare. But there's a lot of things that Americans do really, really well. And so that is something that I have appreciated by traveling. Um, but going back to Formula One, uh, my I was brought up by a single dad. And that was the only sport that he really loved and that he was watching kind of religiously every weekend or every weekend that it was on TV. Um, and I started getting curious. And I, he dragged me along to many races. I lost many baby tooth, teeth, um, sat at the front row of like Formula One races. Like, um, oh, that's loose. Yeah. That yeah. One's out. And there's a fun story of, I know I was sat on the, there's a picture of me somewhere and we've been looking for two years and we can't find it. Oh, that I was no. sat on the lap of what we believe initially was Michael Schumacher's lap, but it's not, it was his teammate. And at the time his teammate would have been either, because it was like, it was early nineties. Yeah. And so the two options are, I was either sat on Jos Verstappen's lap or I was sat on Martin Brundle's lap. And I'm just hey. sitting there going, I don't know which one I prefer, but I really need the picture so that I can sleep better at night. Yeah, you're like, God, <laughs> I don't know. I <laughs> I'm I'm not going to say anything. No, pick which one. Which lap uh, would you rather be sat on? I don't know. Uh, I Martin. Martin. Yeah, I think Martin. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> you would have know. known. You would have known if it was Yoss because you would have oh. remembered the searing, burning pain in your nose of the strength of his aftershave. Ah, yeah. Okay. It's like when okay. when we were in the garage, you could smell him before you could see him. Really? Which is, yeah. which is, it's not a good stealth tactic, but it's great for everyone else where you're just like, okay, get out. <laughs> <laughs> oh. so, um, so, that's, so that that's, was my passion. That's how it started. Yeah. And then now you've kind of combined all that arc through the professional world, all the way full circle back to Formula One and combining all those things that you've you know, developed expertise in. Yeah. And then Weirdly. you've been like, been like, fuck, let's, uh, let's Formula One this thing. Yeah, and didn't set out for it to be like that, um, definitely. Um, I think like many people who discovered Formula One at a young age, you fall, you have this story arc of falling in and out of love with the sport um, for a myriad of reasons. Um, yep. It was it Michael was Schumacher dominated for too long. That was not fun, obviously. For too long. Um, and then Hamilton when I dominated too much, that was not fun. That Max was not fun. But dominating. Still. This is not fun. It's you've got there you go. We're just going for it. Like just get ready for another 10 years of this. Um, but what was interesting is, again, being in, in politics at a young age, I, there's, I have a great story of my dad of showing me like the Marlboro Chevron logo but without the logo and he that's where he was just like oh we need to do something about tobacco because he would just show me the chevron i'm like oh that's a pack of cigarettes and he's like ah great my six-year-old no. daughter just knows a like, like associates tobacco to just a shape um we're fucked as a society um yeah so that, i think that's again my worlds have always just collided um but look like a lot of people in lockdown i have a lot of friends who got into it um, you know, give credit where credit is due to Drive to Survive for like igniting that flame. I got started getting a lot of text messages from people saying, hey, can you explain to me like what's the difference between AlphaTauri and, and Red Bull? I don't understand. Or why is it why yeah. are the lights going out, not going on? And so one of my <laughs> friends was like, hey, you know, when when the races start again, can you give me just like 10 bullet points of what I need to know about a race? And that turned into like a 54 page guide. And he was like, fuck you, I'm not reading this. Uh, I asked for 10 bullet points, he gave me 54 pages. Um, and that guy, that guide a couple of months later somehow ended up on the desk of someone at Formula One. And I was more worried than anything that I was gonna get a cease and desist before using a couple of, because I used a couple of Formula One images. Ooh, and instead was, they said we like, like it. 
which was equally likely. It's just depending on what side of the bed they were oh, yeah. on. I'm just really disappointed. I wanted the fucking cease and desist letter. Yeah, it's me? like, hey, lady, can you stop writing these 54-page manifestos <laughs> of shite? No, it's, it is, but it's actually excellent stuff. And it's like, and it's, it, it goes to show you, and I think Dan and I probably struggle to appreciate this. I think I, I think I do appreciate it more now, but it's like, what, what do F1 fans want, especially the new ones? What do they want? They don't oh, give, like, like, they want to know, like, what is what does Christian smell like? You know, I'm like, I don't I don't remember what he smells like. I don't care. But like I've had people ask me, I'm like, or what's this person? Like, I'm like, I, you know, I pers- I don't like talking about people's personalities. Like I like to- I like the tech, I like the engineering, and I like just bullshitting around. But like some of the stuff that like people want to know the super basic stuff. And they're like, tell me something secret. It's like, I don't need to tell you something secret. I can just tell you something really generic, and you might think that's pretty cool because yeah. I can say it because I know it. And context matters. Like it's basic and generic to the both of you, but to someone on the outside, it's actually really interesting. I, I remember when I was in Miami with Aston Martin in the garage and I had never thought about this. I know this is one of those things that I knew about. I, I knew the theory that there was a countdown clock. I knew that you were all timed in the garage at how much time you could spend. And this is you know, somewhat new. I can't remember what year this kind of started to be implemented. And it was obviously to make sure that you know people weren't working overnight tirelessly, but it was also right. you know, the, all, of, the, all the, the things that they were preventing. The, uh, basically the uh, curfew, the curfew. The curfew, yeah. yeah. Um, and I knew this and I, what I had never envisaged what I had never thought about is there's a fucking clock in the garage that is counting down to the time at which you need to get the fuck out of it. I just, it never occurred to me because I never worked in an environment. Yeah. So I remember walking in the Aston Martin, uh, Aston Martin garage and going, wait, is that what I think it is? And I was like, this is such a, what an insane environment for me as an outsider. I was like, what an insane environment to be going about your day-to-day job and there's a fucking clock on a timer that's like counting, like it's like doomsday. Uh, are you going to get that just, engine bolted on tonight, Joker? Yeah. Yay or nay? Yeah. And I and I just I just remember just staring at this thing. This is wild to me. And I was like, oh, that's a fun fucking video. Like that's the thing yeah. that to both of you is just like your normal day. If you're in the garage, that thing is there. Yeah. And you just don't think about it. And you probably walked about you know, you've walked past it a hundred times. And that video performed really well because the nobody the, knew about that. No one knew. It visually was like a, it's a it's a thing um, that stares at you, and I imagine it's different in somewhere every garage. But then I started conversation about wait who like who starts who starts the clock? Is it started at the same time? Who controls that? And so you start asking all of these yeah. wackadoo questions, and I'm like, at what point do people start print, sprinting out of the garage? And you start talking with them, go well, five minutes before it gets. There's a lot of people trying to get out. This <laughs> don't, tiny don't fucking get dates stuck at, in the, the queue. at the same. Don't get stuck in the. Fascinating, but so to your point, very basic to you, and I was just sat there going. I don't know what it would be like for that to be my day-to-day job where there's a fucking clock well, how did counting you, down. How did you feel about the clock? You know, when you're at when you were at like a race event, Dan, like what did what, what did the clock signify to you? It's like this is like the limit of how long because that's how I felt. It's like I've you got forget it. Yeah. yeah, it's like I'm just like, I know that I need to have all my stuff done by this time. Yeah. But but like me personally, I can take my laptop back to the hotel if I need to. Yeah, like nobody can I, enforce that. If we had like a major hardware failure, there were times where I looked at it, and it may have oh. four hours left on it. I'd be like, ha, "Yeah, that's a good yeah, one." Right. Yeah, right. Yeah, yeah, good sort funny, of thing. Man. Yeah, um, other and times. I do terrible, by the way, on timed exams. I'm very smart. Put a clock in front of me and get me to go for questions, and I just start sweating bullets. I start shaking. I look, and I was like, "Oh, good. That's good to know that I will never be working in an F1 garage." <laughs> 
Yes, I think every time that turns on, I would just go into a hot mess. I, I thrive on that. I procrastinate like hell. So it's like if I have a timer, I, I think I've started doing this actually when I'm working at home is uh, I put a timer on my computer screen next to me and I can't, I do it in 30 minute blocks. I work in 30 minute blocks. I'm like, I can't look at my phone for 30 minutes. I can't do anything else. I have to be as effective as I can for 30 minutes. And then I can scroll Twitter for a couple minutes. Which see, is see, I'm like, fine why would with I do that, that? But it's not it's but but with in Dan's situation or in exams, you have to succeed. So it's not just it, you know, it has to be and that's the thing that would stress me. I can do the 30 minutes work on something. There's no one looking at my notes afterwards and going, You failed, you failed, you failed. Whereas Shit I feel notes. with Dan, it's just like that better be bolted on properly or that better be yeah. fixed properly. It's not just a time thing, it's a yeah, if you've had some of the racks or something shit themselves because yeah. somebody left them out in the rain yeah. and you're like, everything's dead. <laughs> we talked about that the other week where yeah. basically Singapore downpour, half the racks got left filled with water. Lane. Oh my God. But anyway, oh. so I, I feel like this episode, we're just going to jump around and we've, we've done yeah. some bullet points and I've got some stuff that I know you've got. I, I want to get your view on it because I don't know. I, I know how I feel about it, but I think you're a lot more informed because a lot of the stuff, like you said, is the crossover of uh, politics and tech and business and uh, yeah, I'm. I mean, what's on your mind? I'm an engineering dork, like and like this. You know, a lot of these like political stuff and business stuff doesn't really make sense to me. But like, I think the first thing, and we talked about this last week, and this is super topical, and we can also get a little bit fraudulent as well. And I think that'd be on brand. What are we saying, Dan? Cost cap? Should we? Uh, should we kick this dead dog, even though there's nothing to kick? Because nobody knows what the fuck is going on. Yeah, we should absolutely ring it out for some more because someone tweeted me the other day saying how disappointed they were that I was trying to make money off of milking the cost cap. To which I responded, you think I'm getting paid for this? Like, so yeah, I, wait, milk it you out get, some more. You don't get paid to tell the line still? <sighs> no, Marco's checks are bouncing, mate, and I think we know why. <laughs> The invoices are coming back voided. Yeah. Oh my god. But, but like, here's here's what we've got. We've got. Where did you land? Yeah. Where did you both land last week on the cost cap? Um. So, I my major frustration with it wasn't necessarily that Red Bull broke it. It was more the FIA just sort of released that half baked statement and then just went fucked off home for dinner. And now can I take it? Can I take a step back from that? Go for it. The FIA dropped the flaming bag of shit on the doorstep and rang the doorbell right mm. but they they also told all the neighbors first that they were going to drop a bag of flaming dog shit so so they're out there talking and calling everybody else saying hey did you hear about the flaming bag of dog shit that's about to show up on a team's doorstep how does that that's that was the uh, that was the interesting one i i haven't followed like the ins and outs of people's sentiment towards the FIA in the last decade or so. <laughs> like I've just been more of a, you know, like a, a pass, I want to say a passive F1 fan for the last decade specifically. Your um, mental health must be so oh, much yeah. better than a lot of these people. Probably, yeah. Yeah. I thoroughly <laughs> recommend this glowing youth on my face. Yeah, right. um, but do you have, like, is it correct if I have, if I say that I have a feeling right now that, the f the trust in the fia is at an all-time fucking low um or do you uh, feel like it's actually there are times where it's been way worse and it's actually doing not so bad a little bit of recency bias maybe mm, yeah. i'm not sure i think it all went down downhill for me probably with the whole ferrari hush hush deal yeah I what was that early the... mid 90s 
The, the recent no, one, the one that PU, oh. the 2019 PU. Oh, that one. Okay, okay, okay. I'm bringing us way back. No, okay. No, that, I, I mean, they've probably been dog shit as far as we can remember. <laughs> so, but I just I don't remember anything because because like I felt like I was pretty close to it from 2011 onwards, like being at the track up, up until 2017. Yeah. So like when stuff was going on, I felt like really connected to it. I didn't open Twitter in those days, and I'm really glad I didn't because yeah. what a what a shit show. But I think so for you, Dan. It's 2019 where it started. I think so, but. The FIA, I mean, people used to call them Ferrari International Assistants, didn't they? So, I mean, it's not like they've had a squeaky clean record forever. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. I don't know. It was, it, and the reason I ask this, because I think this is, to your point, like we, it's a cost cap. It's the first year that they're introducing it. It's bound to be a shit show. It's bound yep. to be difficult. Um, looking at any regulation in in Formula One, whether it's the financial one, the technical ones, it's it, like it's endless. We joke on that my stream all the time that everything is hidden in Appendix L, and if you've got a question, just open up Appendix L. It's probably somewhere yeah. in there um, at this point. And it was always going to be like wonky and weird. And I think we're going to see the same in 2014 when they take away the tire warmers completely. I mean, we know that every time there's a big change, it's going to be wonky. It's going to be difficult. But what I'm surprised by is I kind of feel that they've locked themselves in a position where it's kind of doomed if you do, doomed if you don't. Because if they come down yeah. hard, people are going to revolt and they're going to be like, why are you coming down so hard? This is the first year. Be lean, be kind, be generous. If they come down be kind and generous, they better be, this is my thing. This is the only line that I have on this. They better be fucking crystal clear that whatever the decision they make this year is going to be the same for the following year. Because then you've heard it already from Toto Wolf. If they're going to look, because then that opens up the door for other people going, well, I guess fuck around and find out. It's not too bad. So let's fuck around. Let's overspend a little because clearly it's worth it. These teams are winning the championship. So I, if they do come down not too hard, they better be crystal clear that I, we're not coming down too hard because it's the first year. And so we're being generous and yeah. deal with it and have some balls to say and deal with it. Or... They're going to say, and by the way, we're going to come down soft in the next two years as well, because it's going to take time for us to progress. Um, and I'm worried that they don't have right now a great track record of either consistency or clarity. And that's no. the thing that scares the living. And I'm just like, it's not that difficult. Clarity is actually not that difficult. You're a regulation body. Like That should be in your core. Clarity and regulations yeah. kind of go hand in hand. But I think I think one of the biggest problems is, and everybody's everybody's piling on to the the big evil fizzy drinks company right now because it's a cool narrative and everything else. But at the same time, it's like all of these big teams agreed on these regulations because the FIA are asking them for input and say, "Hey, hey, what do you guys want?" Like, let's say that, like, uh, I don't know, like let's imagine the small teams. They probably wanted a cost cap so they can, you know, eventually catch up in terms of expenditures and performance, mm. and then. You've got the big teams with a lot of influence over either sister teams or teams that they supply and everything else saying, right, I think, uh, you know what? We don't want very harsh penalties for this, just in case, you know, because everybody's like, they want to go as fast as possible. If you get caught with your pants down, you don't want to get, you don't want to get spanked too hard, right? So they're like, ooh, minor breach up to 5%. Ah, yeah, just a little, no big deal, right? And all these teams that agree on this. Tweaked. Yeah. Yeah, but it's like, right. But like, you've got people pushing to the limit. And what it sounds like with Red Bull have done is, you know, they've said they've acted in good faith, but they've got a procedural breach and they're over the budget. Nobody knows how much over they've went, right? That, that 
that flaming bag of shit didn't come with a receipt. So it's like, what is it? So they've literally left the hugest flaming bag of shit and everybody's speculating 5% is the highest. What if it's, what if it's 20 grand and they filled mm. out you know, a procedural meaning they dropped a number in the wrong box and the fire are like, ah, oh, yeah, it's the wrong. Yeah. So it's 20 grand over because you put that in the wrong box or something. That's, that's what the whole thing sounds like to me. Yeah. And it'll be interesting to see the tweet and this, look, this is what I always love about the sport. And I have appreciated, for example, when Formula One introduced sprint races that they didn't go, right, we're going to get a sprint race every weekend. Instead, they did, we're going to try it out. Yeah. We're going to do two and three. We're going to see how it works. We're going to see it fit. Like, I like that approach of just like try, trial and error. And I think for Fuck me, around I, a little bit and find out a little bit, a little bit. Exactly. And yeah. I like that approach. Um but so I'm hoping, I mean, Martin Ronald in a whole segment, I think, on just like, you know, the 5% being ludicrous, that 5% is, you know, 7 million for a small team. That's, that's a like lot actually. of cash. And, but again, I feel like that's like, in theory, that sounded like a minor breach. And now in practice, we're looking at this going, well, fuck, actually, uh, so if it is 7 million, that's actually a big breach. So to your point, can it be just like less than 1%? Like, I hope they revisit this and go like, yeah. actually, a minor breach is anything less than 1% that equates to, you know. Yeah. And then anything over this, it doesn't matter if it's a minor or whatever. It's like, if it's over, you're fucked. But but they've done yeah. this thing where they And also, what does fucked mean? Because they gave us a laundry list of what could happen. But yeah, hey, maybe like, imagine maybe trying not. to punish your kid and go, if you don't eat your green beans, okay, these are the 20 options that could happen. I mean, it doesn't work like that. And the kid's what like, happens you know if what? you don't eat your green beans? Green like, beans don't... are shit. I'm getting ice cream. <laughs> that's in the that's in the con FIA convention there, Mom. Yeah, if yeah. you don't eat your vegetables, we're going to convene a family adjudication <laughs> panel and we're going to sit around and uh, come to an agreement on your punishment. And choose one of the punishment. 20 options. Yeah, yeah. The, a la, the a la carte menu of maybe not very bad things that might not happen that don't actually mean anything. And also, we're not going to punish you today we're going to wait until dinner in five weeks from now to, to, in order yeah. to first assess it. And then we'll wait five more dinners to apply the uh, penalty. So you all the other kids the... at the table are sat there going, do I eat the fucking green beans or do I not eat them? Like, like, what is like, going to You know, the, the recency of it. it's like, I can do this. I can fuck around and do this now. And I'm not too worried about what's happening in 10 weeks. Not a big deal. If I miss out on ice cream in 10 weeks, I've had worse. I've been chewed out before. Favorite line from Inglorious Bastards. I've been chewed so, out before. What do you, when do you think we're actually going to get any clarity on this based on your, both of your experiences in this phase? Well, I looked at this, I think last night at like 4am when my child decided not to sleep, which yeah. seems to be a regular thing, but the, um, <laughs> thank the, God for the Cusco updates for you. It keeps you. Exactly. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. It's all for you, Dan. I don't thank know if you, you realize Thank this. you. I feel honored. Um, <laughs> Williams got their accepted breach agreement was made public on the 5th of June and their yep. accounts were late the 31st of March. So I think it was like 68 days or 62 days or something. And that's if Red Bull go for an accepted breach agreement, which the which, tone of their yep. statement doesn't make it sound like they will. So no. I, I don't think we're going to know by the end of the season. Which is mental. About last season. Yeah. Yeah. I, I I think I think Tony's point is is the the perfect one, and I think a lot of people are saying that. And that's probably one of the narratives that people are pissed off about is clarity and consistency. We're lacking both of those with the sport, and it uh, let's let's be honest because we're we're probably going to spend a lot of time talking about new people to the sport. Imagine you're coming into the sport now and seeing all you know. You open up your Twitter feed, you open up Autosport because you're like, oh, I learned how to find out motorsport news. I'll see BBC, I'll see Autosport, and they're like. How, the, how am I supposed to follow this? What is this? 
It's alienating, is it not? It's completely alienating. And take it even one step closer. Suzuka points awarding. Like, oh, my we, God. Like that. How? If you're a new fan and you're hearing Crofty and Brundle try to explain points allocation to you in percentages whilst trying to watch a race and you're going like, wait, this sounds a little bit confusing. And you're all over the points. For not, I want to say 90% of the pundits to agree and start talking about all of this. For them to raise the race to end and for them to say, oh, no, actually, scrap that. We're awarding four points. And then I hear afterwards that the FI was always going to award all of the points, that they knew they were going to award all the points, but they didn't communicate that to anyone. And yet, are you kidding me? So cost cap is like, I think, for us that are really invested in nuts. But if you're just trying to watch the race and you look at this and you end up scratching your head. And it was interesting that even I watched this and go, God, I must be exhausted and tired because this is really fucking yeah. confusing. Because I thought I knew a thing and now I'm being told the opposite. And then I'm still looking at this going, this still doesn't track right. I'm opening up the regulations, which, quite frankly, as just a normal sports person, you shouldn't be opening up the fucking FIA regulations to try and understand no. what the hell's going on. And then you realize no one actually knew what was going on, but the FIA did. And you sort of go, well, why didn't the FIA? And then you just, just sat there going, the broadcasters, I'm homies. Confusing. Yeah. We spent 30 minutes on my stream watching the race. Is it, isn't it, isn't, isn't it, isn't, isn't it's, it? For 30 minutes in my chat. And it's just like, I was just like, nobody knows. Let's just wait until the end. And then you've uh, got, and then you've got your best friend, Johnny Herbert, telling you that you're the world driver <laughs> champion. <laughs> God, like, and that that video, by the way, I my heart breaked for Max Verstappen in that video where he's talking to Marco, and then he's talking to Checo, and then he's going back to Checo and going, "Wait, do you think?" And he's like, he's trying. You can see he's doing the maths like, and the calculations. We need one more point. We need more point, and it, we're not quite there. No, no. And then Charles comes in and says, "Oh, by the way, congrats." And he's like, "Wait, what?" And then you've got Johnny Herbert, and oh my God, can we tell the kid if he's a fucking champion or not? And I say, kid, I shouldn't say kid. He's a grown ass adult, but. Like, He's still 17-year-old Max Verstappen. He's still yeah. 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 The tour also. yeah. And I no. saw a video in a weird tangent, but which I I don't, I'm really bad at following all the other feeder series, but I try. Um, apparently, like, so so we're looking at Jamie Chadwick was, you know, congrats, you're the champion. You're not going to, we don't have enough money to finish the other, the other three races, so congrats. Max Verstappen gets told that he's a champion in this awkward way. Um, F2, uh, F2 and F3, apparently, it's, it's a Are shit they, show. Are they, they? Yeah. This year, it looks like everyone's been awarded their championship in, what is it, IndyCar? Like, it's just bizarre. Like, I don't know what's happening right now, but everyone seems to be given their championship in the most uncelebratory fashion possible. Oh, and yeah. I, and when you take that away, like, that's what sports is about. None it's of them the were in the win. car when they found out, basically. It that sucks, man. <laughs> that like, imagine sucks. Jamie Chaddick. She's won three times in a row. Her series. Yeah. And she gets, you might, we think you may get your money. We're not sure if you're going to get your prize money. Oh, by the way, we've got no more money for the whole series. You know what? Series is, sucks. You, you know, why don't we, why don't we move over that? Because if anybody's not familiar, um, W Series has canceled the end of their season due to a lack of funding. A professional racing series has pulled out with what, three events to go, four yeah. events to go? And they've said, we can't finish the season. We can't afford to pay the drivers, engineers, or anything. We're canceling it. How does how does that work? Like, walk us through, like, because how does the financial structure for that? Is, it, is, it, is there money being paid into this? Do they have a, a pot of money to start with and they blew it all? I, I don't I, know. Do, are you familiar I don't, with it? I'm... 
not familiar in the details. Uh, what I'm hearing and what I heard is there was one big sponsor. So it was a lot of sort of putting all your eggs in one basket. Um, yeah. And that person did. And you know what's interesting is with I don't know if you followed all the stories that recently came out with about Rocket and their sponsorship. And like that is a wild, that. wild story. How much, you go how down, much did they leave? on the table that they were supposed to pay like 100 million or something like in different in all different sports um like it's it's insane like they owe people much so much money and the biggest thing i discovered is it's an actual umbrella company with 18 different entities and they've all filed for bankruptcy but they've kept the 18 different entities very separate from one another so you can just go ahead and file bankruptcy without it impacting you, you can't umbrella collapse the top you can't collect. I mean, smart business people, you know, that's what they do for a fucking living. Well, like, uh, we should have them on the podcast because that sounds fraudulent as hell. Yeah. As hell. That could be our well, next you, why guest. Why don't you get William Story on here as well? You're, you're, uh, let's, let's, I mean, you are William Story, aren't you? You've never seen us in the same room together, so... <laughs> just so, um, But as that story with Rocket came out, my mind just... I, and this is this is absolutely probably not the case so i was like oh was rocket involved again in fucking w series is that it like in their yeah. fucking you know w series over like they did williams and like they did tatiana calderon but the beauty of look the gift that w series was trying to do as a series it was a free to enter free to participate feeder series which is very unheard of um the beauty yeah. of that is there's there's a pro and con to that the beauty of that is basically giving women an opportunity which we know they very far and few between more than anything what i will say that their promise was obviously to be a stepping stone into Formula One. I think most people who have two eyes and have watched this realize it's absolutely not a stepping stone into Formula One. But the one thing they did do is shine a big bright light and create some awareness about these 18 phenomenal drivers that you may or may not have heard of before yeah. um, and created some awareness uh, around that, which I think is spectacular. The, the flip side to that, my fear was always that we're, we're creating a bit of a utopia where, and I'm not sure where you go from here, and the utopia is we're telling these drivers that the only thing they need to worry about is bum and see, practice, drive. Don't worry about the financial side of things. Don't worry about sponsorship. And if you're telling people you don't need to about, worry about sponsorship, and us as content creators, we know the importance of showing up, be present, be top of mind. Like That's how you get your next paycheck whether it's through the platforms, whether it's through AdSense, whether it's through partnerships, like you have to grind, like it never stops. And so my fear was like, this is a utopia. If you're telling these women all you need to do is drive, it's a lie because we, yeah, we, all you season, need to do is drive. We've got the sponsorship handled and then all the eggs Don't in that worry one, about the it. basket disappears and you're, and and you're then, fucked. And you're royally fucked. Um, so that was always my big issue with with W Series. They seem confident that they can come back. It was gut wrenching to read the post from one of these drivers mm -hmm. and the engineers and yeah. the mechanics of just like having that season just pulled the plug from out of you. But actually, it's an interesting if you do the parallel and the contrast for every 18 to 20 pieces about the cost cap in motorsports journalism there was one about the W Series ending. And the way you explain it, Blake, is it's an entire series. That's just done. It's Not going, like just disappeared. And all, I found two journalists that actually wrote an emotional, an opinionated piece about this. Everyone else was just copy pasting the press release. And I was yeah. like, my God, this is where we failed. Well, and I why, say we, yeah. as fans, the W Series, because we haven't created enough momentum, that even people at Autosport, Motorsport, the race are just like, yep, so the W Series isn't finishing the season. Um, well, they had three races to go. Here's what Catherine Bonmer had to say. That, yeah, that and, was it. And Jamie Chadwick's the champion again. Blah, blah, and, but like, the, and blah, blah, blah. 
But what but about? I was like, where's the excitement? Where's the passion? Where's the care? Where's the opinions? And honestly, there was, I'll give credit where credit is due. Hazel wrote a phenomenal piece for ESPN. I read that. Um, so really... incredibly well written. And I think I saw another one a while ago um, in Otosport and Motorsport. Um, but other than that, it wasn't covered at all. And I was like, oh, wow, it was a blip. And I think, I hope that W Series looks at that and go, where did we go wrong that no well, one's actually written about our series not here's... continuing? Let's let's kind of change over to that because Yepa said something on on Twitter, which we, we chat about the other day. He's like, I honestly believe the restrictive licensing and broadcast deals is one of the key factors contributing to the W Series situation. Free up the rights completely, set the content creators loose, mm -hmm. right on you know what we were just talking about before the stream, Tony. Stream everything live for free on every possible platform. The reason I think you know you have these people just copying and pasting these press releases is we you know obviously. You, I think you need more people that are invested and passionate about it. But on, on race weekends, I'm trying to watch W series and I see it's live on oh. Twitch and it's like, Oh, it's, it's, it's Was region it? locked. I didn't even know that. See? Yeah, yeah, exactly. So it's, it's like, <laughs> how are we supposed to know about this? Why are the broadcasters not plugging this stuff during the race weekend? It's like formula one, this is your product as well. You know, it's, it's, they've got the rights, but it seems like they've just literally gutted the series so that sky can take their, their bag of cash off of saying, Oh, we've got this cool, We'll do this and it's like cool nobody can consume this you've basically restricted this so much that of course you know like uh, in the way you said nobody's invested nobody's writing or talking about it because you know you're, you you've taken it and hidden it away somewhere what are you what are you guys doing i i, I don't think that's the entire thing but i don't know Dan, it's a big part of it yeah i'd love to hear dance for actually and just to your point of like i didn't even know it was on twitch it's yeah no I, again i didn't even know it's um if you want to watch it in the UK, I don't know what it's like out in America and that, but you have to be subscribed to Sky. Yeah. Now, people that have listened to the podcast before will know I've got a very uh, specific <laughs> feeling about subscribing to Sky for F1. Um, but yeah, it, it makes no sense to me why it's not on F1 TV. But I don't see there's any reason why it shouldn't be. Um, and again, being on Twitch, literally, that was the first I've heard of that. I had no idea it was on Twitch. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Yeah, but and it's regionalized, so it depends on where you are. You can watch certain things. Oh well, then we probably things. can't watch it in the UK. I know then, it, because... it's region locked in the UK. Ugh. Yeah, so I, so I'm, you know, I'm doing my watch. I finished watching practice or, quali or qualifying yeah. P3 or whatever. I'm doing my notes. I'm doing my analysis notes, and I want to throw on W series in the background. It's like, well, I can, but I have to take a plane trip from Nord to uh, theoretically had to take a plane trip from Nord, and it's like I don't want to do that because I'm working on this laptop right now. I need another computer to. It's just like. Come on, man. Like, but what, what's what uh, is, is W series is, is an interesting point in this. And you, you said it was a utopia, right? Yeah. But, but do we need W series or does it need to be something that's like pre, pre, pre W series? Because you're getting these, these women that are in this series and it's like they're the drivers mm. and they're right. You've earned the spot, you've earned the spot, and they're scouting people, finding the talent. But it's like, who's investing in this talent from when they're when they're children? From the so there's a couple of friends to pull on that? there. There's I've spoken to a lot of drivers, whether you talk with Tatiana Calderon, Sophia Floch, um, Avnal Kabassi, they'll all say that they they don't like the, the the concept of W series. They don't like the idea that you're siloed, they don't like the idea this is actually one sport where it makes no fucking difference whether you're a man or a woman driving. Yeah. Although I will caveat that with the fact that it kind of does make a difference because everything has been built by men for men and with men in mind. Yeah. And I say that as some of the 
women and girls, because some of them come in really young, I, I think in W series, there's a couple who are like 16 or 17, okay. can't wrap their hands around an F2 car because the steering wheel is way too fucking big. And it was it was built with men man's hands in mind. They can't touch the pedals yeah. and you can't touch, you can't accommodate an F2 car. They You can't change the spec of the car. So oh, you can't touch, yeah, you can't yeah. touch the wheels, tough shit. And so yeah. there's something to be said here of if the FIA cares so much, Show me, show me the receipts that the next generation of an F2 car has been built with women in mind, with women involved, with women building it, with women specs. And like, again, and yeah. I go back to the story that I thought was absolutely fascinating with the W series is 2021 was the first year we had a race suit that was designed for, for women and for women's bodies and shapes, mental. So we have this whole thing of we're not setting them up for success like how and they and the women will talk about it going it's really baggy here so it's rubbing against the seat which is really painful it means there's too much material here and it's really tight around my hips and my ass of course it is like that's how women's bodies most of them are shaped but you're not building you're not building but, a race suit with that all figure these suppliers in mind. all these suppliers are doing custom bespoke fits for each of their drivers in formula yeah. one it's like you know you could come up with a, a handful of you know template female suits yeah but yeah, no, they're not doing but, that. But here's the problem, Blake, and it goes back to the thing that I have all the time, which is the people making the decision in those rooms are not thinking about this. This is not yeah. top of mind. The FIA and the, the folks at F1 are not worrying and not thinking about W Series as much as they, 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 you know, they, they ooh and armor how, how exciting it is to have this female series and to focus on the yeah. women. The moment that shit hits the fan, they're nowhere to be seen yeah, because yeah, it's, it's like, not a thing that they're talking about then to your point blake they are not trying to figure out on a saturday on sunday how they tune into w series no. they're just not no. and i will never forget the women i think it was the women in when they had a, an accident last year austin actually austin texas they were talking about how they couldn't figure out how to watch their own series the drivers themselves the w series drivers were having the same problem that dan just mentioned which is we couldn't figure out where the fuck to find our own series to watch our own teammates you've got a problem yeah. And I go back to the other, going back to Yepe's point, which was interesting because this came at the aftermath of hearing, and, and Dan, I don't know what your thoughts on on this, but I thought was really interesting, which is the fact that obviously Sky Sports has just closed the deal for the next nine years for an exclusivity deal uh, for Formula One, which is ins insane to me at a time where, going back to the conversation we had at the start of this chat, where fan engagement and content creation is shifting so rapidly why the hell are you locking yourself into an exclusivity deal for nine years where we have no idea what this space is going to look like and what the fans are going to want? Um, so I liked Yepe's idea of just like, let's flip this on its head. But again, it requires people at the helm of W Series to actually know what Twitch is, to actually know what TikTok is, to yeah. actually understand where the Gen Z are currently spending their time because this is how they're consuming their content. Yeah. And I yeah. don't think they're aware of that. Again, another super fun late night, I can't sleep random research um and i was looking and f1 i think has tripled in like business revenue and size and yeah. that's that's not because they're making deals for nine years to the region lock themselves it's because they've opened up f1 tv and things like that mm -hmm. it's it's the future and i, I just yeah. the sky deal just i'm gonna it's mute myself before yeah. i go off on one yeah <laughs> but it's yeah. but it is fascinating from a business perspective yeah. for me i it's somewhat asinine to lock yourself in in my opinion to lock yourself into a nine-year deal at a time where everyone yeah. is rethinking you're looking at amazon paying for thursday night um, yeah. broadcasting putting so much money into this and and 
the fans are not tuning in to broadcast. They're not tuning into traditional TV. They're multi-screening on this. They're what they're following their favorite commentators. Um, they're following yeah. the likes of you two and going, I don't give a shit what you know, as much as I love Martin and Martin Brunola and Crafty. Like they're just like, I'm I've heard them for 10 years. I want someone else's opinion. And yeah. by the way, even when we pay them the big bucks, they don't seem to give be able to give me insights into what actually the hell is happening. And that's not their fault. That's a whole border problem when we go back yeah. to the points allocation but it kind of you look at it and go well it kind of looks like we're all getting the same information so fuck yeah. it let's not watch the experts let's actually watch people that we're engaging with and yeah you know. exactly so it's i don't know i i do i do think the future for me in w says and i here's a thought that i had the other day when i was thinking about okay let me put my money where my mouth is at if i truly care about w series what could i do as a content creator and i was like is there a world in which i could do like a 24 48 hour stream and just bring in like w series drivers w series engineers mechanics w series team um, team principals and just have them talk about this and just do a massive donation and see how much money we can get together and i don't care how small or little but i had this thing of just like you know if i can hit two hundred thousand k then great you know i'll take the money and we'll donate it to w series if i can't hit that money you know you refund everyone back but yeah. i wanted to highlight and show that this series means a lot to many people yeah. and also i wanted to highlight the power of the fandoms and the willingness of like get a couple hundred thousand people gifting five dollars ten dollars whatever they have to showcase that this is a meaningful endeavor and operation for people yeah. um yeah. because it kills me that you know, again, I understood what Catherine Bonner was saying is we've stopped the series so that we can focus on funding for next year. And I'm just like, and then I got people saying, oh, you know, it was interesting. I even got someone from W Series comment on the post that I made. And then I got this idiotic guy, but it was interesting. This woman was saying, and I don't disagree with her, but I did find it interesting because I actually disagreed with the second part. She was like saying, I think it's important for you to remember that W Series does not run at the same level of F1. I was like, nowhere did I say that. And also, I'm not an idiot. I do fully understand that it doesn't run at the same level of F1. My issue is that F1 keeps touting the excitement of young women in the sport and the excitement of W Series, but won't so step back up. It up. And then she was saying it's a feeder series on the level with your formula, formula regional, all of that, which I agree with. Do you read of those championships in mainstream media? And I was like, yeah. Yeah, I do. That's the whole fucking point. Yeah. Yes, I actually do hear about Formula 2 and Formula 3. And I'm not talking about mainstream. I'm actually talking about motorsports. And that was what was interesting with W Series. We heard about it in mainstream media first before we heard it in the motorsport world. Yeah. And that's, there were that's more different. people, like, let that sink in. There were more people in mainstream media talking about W Series series not finishing the year because of lack of funding of people in the actual fucking community. That is mental to me. Uh, and so I don't, and again, yeah. I there's, there's, I also believe that W Series is created at a time which is really exciting and create and, and built. It looks like it was built 20 years ago, like to your point. Like it looks yeah. like it's old rich men helping young women get into a sport. And I don't think that's great. Would you almost yeah. say it's like a token gesture? Like a sort of, oh, here, this is kind of thing. sort of thing, right? <clears throat> I think the virtue signaling from F1, 100%, when it comes to like tapping themselves on the back and it makes them feel good, I put that on the same fucking level as We Races One because you've actually done nothing to support the series. Like that, that I can't point to anything. Yeah. And maybe they have, and they're just not putting it out there, which I think is a shame. Um, they're but not I showing don't... any of the receipts for it. It's like, not... we're questioning your, your transparency and everything else. And it's like, there's 
What yeah. have you done? You haven't done anything apart from allow them to race at some of the same races. Um, <clears throat> but I wouldn't say that it's tokenized. I would, I would generally say that the people who are trying to pull this together um, are truly trying to do the right thing. And, you know, I, I shouldn't go on, on, on this too long, but it's also interesting to see that David Coulter also just created more than equal, even though he'd put some money into W Series and was helping W Series. And now he looks like he's backed out of that and created yet another thing. And I can't help but say, is this what women need? Do they need another, do they need another program run by old men? Hmm. but like run by old men that seem to know what women want and it doesn't seem yeah. to be working so let's stop you know it's not because you slap a new name on it and a new logo that it's going to do anything different no. i think like let's think outside the box and i like this idea of do something that's owned by the fan with fan accountability Oof. like as as much as crypto and nfts like go right above my head um these days <laughs> but i think there's something to be said about ownership you know, what if the fans, you know, what if teams were running because fans were giving $5 a month and you had half a million fans giving $5 a month for W Series to be running? Yeah. Like, that'd be fucking I mean, epic. Uh, yeah, I've got one gifted sub for W Series this month. It's like there's a whole ecosystem of people. And, and I think, like, to your point, it's run like something that's 30 years old. That's it. So, that's the problem. The marketing I, is run by as if it was done in the early 2000s, you know, the marketing for the series. Which again goes back to the, this world of content creator that we're all in right now is you mm. need someone who's in this space, who understands how you build viral videos, who understands how you create a podcast that's engaging, who understands what sports commentary or the future of sports commentary can look like. Um, oh, I'm not saying scrap the old, yeah, that's us. There you go. There you this go. I'm not saying scrap the old model, but. But you, know. there's, there's, you don't have to throw the whole thing away, but like put some, new, put some new spokes on the wheel because it's, it's time. It's why time. don't we why don't we shift gears because like i think that's an excellent point talking about the the content creator economy and ecosystem but why don't we uh do a little do you, are you guys happy that you said everything you wanted to say about that because i feel like we've touched on a lot of that and yes. I, honestly i could go on for another hour about that because Stay. i also but love hearing your thoughts on it but why don't we uh why don't we fast forward to austin why do we fast forward to austin i've done a little uh i've done a little quiz a little quiz oh. for you guys um, right. i hope you didn't read it in my notes that i sent you but um, the Austin Grand Prix is yeah. one of the American Grand Prix that has been held in the Formula One World Championship. It's been held from 2012 to 2022. It's been 10 years since the first time I went to Circuit of the Americas. We did not race in 2020 due to COVID. So, question for both of you. Get an, get an answer in your head. Don't cheat. Six. How many, how many drivers have won the U.S. Grand Prix, which was held in Austin between 2012 and 2022? Or 2021? I'm, I'm been six. I just the thing first thing that comes to my head. Oh, it's been five. Close. Can, can we can we can we name all of them? Lewis Hamilton. Yeah. yeah. Uh, Kimi Raikkonen. Uh, yep. Max Verstappen. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, Sebastian Vettel. Yeah. Uh, ooh. Who else has won? I'm so tempted to cheat. <laughs> you say 2012. Oh. Mark Webber. Yeah, so, Webber now. No, no mate. Not Webber. What do we it have? Is, four. We have four. four. We, need, yeah. we need one more. Vettel, Kimi, Max, Lewis. What's How many has Lewis won? Bottas never won. Yeah, it's Bottas. It is Bottas. I didn't think Bottas ever won. Good old Bottas. Good old Bottas. Um, how many has Lewis won? 
He's won a couple. Oh, a handful. It's exactly one handful, all five of them. There you go. <laughs> but um, <laughs> while, while we're on to the Austin Grand Prix, what do, what do we... Dan, let's start with you. What do you think about the alleged over-Americanization of Formula One? Because you're you're also an old school fan. Probably you and Tony go way back before I was even interested in Formula One. But wow, thanks. What do you, making me sound like way, I'm way 60 back. years I'm old. Older than, way I'm older than you, Dan. I'm 34 I'm years old, right? I know We're both I look older than about you, Dan. 50. Respect your, <laughs> right? respect your elders. Three kids <laughs> will do this to you, right? Yeah. <laughs> um... No, I don't. What do, you, what do you feel about it? What are you thinking? I don't care. It's healthy. it's healthy for the sport. The I like that. Gatekeep yeah, some massive. people. Come on, gatekeep some people. Right. Go on, throw them under the bus. Okay. Um, fuck the Americans, even though... Actually, you know what? Funnily enough, this might be semi-relevant. I hope they're still listening. Because they can, they are our largest audience share of uh, the podcast at 32%. The Engine Breaking Podcast, 32% of the American are? audience. Yeah. Yep. 32% of our audience is the largest share, and it's American. They do like a British, they do like English speaking commentators, like all the Britishness. It's very we, interesting. We, oui. God. <laughs> am I big in America with my dulcet tones? They love it. Honestly, man, honestly, no, no Americans have been like, hey, man, I like your accent, bro. They're like, I like that engine mode 69. That's real saucy. Yeah, I put that on late at night and go to sleep to it. Uh, oh. But like, yeah, Tony. Tony, what are you? What are you thinking? Because like, that's that's one of those. I, you're I, you're extremely level-headed, and you're one of the most you know reflective people I know in the space to be able to think about things from all other sides of it. But the America over Americanization of Formula One. Let's let's even let's put it, let's get even more specific. You remember what was it? 2017 when they did the uh, the uh, American boxing or wrestling announcement mm. introduction. NFL, WWE, everything. Like, people were shitting on that left, right, and center. I'm like, how many of the most generic, like, I'll tell you my, how many of the most generic, like, European Formula One races from a presentation point of view can you do over and over and over until it's just like, this is the way it is and this is the way it must be. It's like, come on. What What are you thinking? We're creatures of habit. When we like yeah. something, we like, I, I look at someone like my dad, he likes to, to, you know, turn on the TV, know who to expect, recognize the voice. And, you know, and I, I look at it and go, well, the FIA really fucked us up on that one because <laughs> we're never, you know, you turn into, so I'm just like, if you don't, and that is at, at its core, that's what people don't like is that we've killed the habits. We've killed the, with the Americanization piece of it they're just like well that's not how it was always done and i was like oh yeah. bullshit things change every 10 years things are never is that, like is that gatekeeping them it's that it is but but i think for some people it's absolutely at its core gatekeeping and for others i think it is truly they don't even know probably what the term gatekeeping is they probably don't think of it in that way but it is truly mm. just like i had a habit here that i liked which was turn on the tv tv plunk myself on the sofa listen to Mar martin and crofty and off we go and then all of a sudden like the times are different and these american peoples are getting involved and i don't like this and so yeah. i have some amount of empathy but i i think it was total wolf or it might have been someone else that said look the one thing that we can get that is guaranteed in life is shit's gonna change so hmm. we better start getting real comfortable that stuff is, you know, what we've been used to for five years is going to be. And this is not just Formula One. This is true in every single world. Like I can't, yeah. I'm already dreading the day where I'm going to have to teach myself or my kids are going to have to teach myself how to use a fucking computer because it's not the way I yeah. used to turn on a computer. And, yeah. and that's going to happen. Like that just is going to happen. Yeah. Um, 
And so I like I have that level of empathy. Um, but I, I love what Dan said is like it's good for the sport. So why why are we pissing on it? Yeah. It's mm. also three races out of out of 21 next year. Let's let's calm down, people. Like it's re- this this whole concept. And I think again, and I would have probably been in that mindset. I genuinely think I would have before moving to America of saying, why the hell does America need free races? But once you move here, you realize that Vegas is drastically different to Austin, Texas, and it's drastically different to Miami. So it's a bit like saying, why does Europe deserve three races? Because why does Europe deserve half of the season? Because it's like, yeah, that's like a, you know, eight hour drive in between any of those. It's like, cool. Well, it's a more than an eight hour drive from Miami to Dallas and then from Dallas to... completely different audience. Let's not forget that. Your Miami audience is uh, glitz and glamour. And so, but it's got that similar vibe to Monaco. Maybe actually now Vegas is probably going to be the similar vibe to Monaco, but the American way of doing it. And Austin, Texas just reminds me of like the Austria way. Like it's diehard fans. Like this is like, yeah. we're here for this and we're going to stand. Like we don't give a shit about the music festival afterwards. We don't care what food you have. We're here for the racing pure. Like that's it. Um, and I, again, I just go back to this is it just, there's a parallel to be drawn with all the content creators. I have people who say, God, I hate your content or, oh God, I really like your content. I just wish you didn't make it a point that you're a woman. I'm just like, I am like, I'm, I can't show up very, in any other way. That. Right. Let me yeah, put on my man like, suit when I do yeah, talks for you, you fucking dork. <laughs> But again, then I go, that's fine. My content's just maybe not for you. Which yeah, again, I go back to maybe the Vegas race is just not for you. The Kota race hey, is just not for you. That's that, you, you. Funny you say that because I, I sent out a tweet today and I was like, tell me, show me some of your favorite YouTube videos, right? And there's some mm. really big names that came up in that. I'm yeah. not the audience for that. I tried watching some of them. Like they're great videos. I, I understand. I, I've noticed some of the mechanisms because I've been watching this stuff. But it's like, I'm not fucking interested. Like, I'm not your guy. I'm not that audience. And I, another one is like, you know, an edit, the editor podcast is like, they're talking about, you don't like it because you're not the audience for that. So take a step Fine. away from that and understand that. But like, if somebody doesn't like your content because you're a woman, that's that's a them problem. I mean, that's, that's misogyny at its core. And yeah. I'm just like, I, I, and it, the worst thing is it, it was, they were generally trying to make a compliment. I'm like, I don't, I can't, I can't help Man. you. I cannot help you if you think that that was a compliment and I shouldn't be offended by the fact that you said, I love your content. It's just a shame that it's coming from a woman. You know, I, I generally don't know where to start with that. Um, but this, I wish I Dan think, didn't the- have a beard either. I, I've enjoyed Dan. <laughs> I'd enjoy well, Dan a lot less with a, without a beard. Honestly. You need to have a word in Mercedes and tell him to pull their finger out. <laughs> have you heard about this, Tony? Dan's I have been following shave If Merck win a race. And honestly, I think Singapore, I'm safe. I'm safe for the nope. rest of the year. Nobody wanted to win safe? Singapore except for Checo, and and Leclerc didn't even want to win it that badly. I think it's safe. I think we might. You might have a surprise. It needs Kota, to be no? Tony because I'm mm-hmm. being Father Christmas for my wife's uh, uh, <laughs> crash group this year. They're going to be Father Christmas before he was Father Christmas. If yeah, that yeah. Goes. <laughs> this is like the genesis of the Father Christmas mm-hmm. story. Sorry, kiddos. Yeah. <laughs> so if mercedes um, win a race this year no one is going to be more angry than my wife oof. i well, you don't uh, don't yeah uh, i'm gonna come at, i'm gonna be real looking at from a data point of view they're gonna struggle to do one maybe if there's a a wet uh interlagos but still even then i i'd put my money on ferrari before i would put it on mercedes really yeah, then I don't think they're going to catch them. 
Oh no, I don't think they're going to catch them either. But to win a race, to just w- win you need, one, you need you need four drivers to fuck up, and some of them, you know, have a a tendency to fuck up quite a bit. So okay, maybe, but you need you need four drivers to mess up for Merck to win a race, realistically, on terms of pace and everything else. So yeah, and you do have a whole team that will flip a coin to decide a strategy. So. Yeah, that is fair. That is fair. But yeah. Shout out so, to our Tifosi fans out there. Yeah. We were we Dan and I were talking about this before the pod, and it's like we're gonna have to get out to a race next year. Yeah. We're gonna we're gonna have to get out to a race next year. But let's what would you wanna do on that point? Like if if Dan, if for example, if the two of you were heading off to Austin together, what would be the content that would like would get you really excited to create that you don't think exists or is out there currently right now? Well, I, I've said I'm going to, if I get out there, and this is a surefire way now, I'm going to say this on the podcast, that I'll never be able to go out, but I'm just going <laughs> to mug Martin Brundle for his uh, grid pass and just do the grid interviews myself. He's publicly said he doesn't really enjoy them, so he might just be like, oh, no, yeah. someone stole my pass. Yeah, oh, so for, run. For, for all these people that don't want to talk to me because they're new to this and they feel like put on the spot, and it's like... But I, 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 Wait, I, no, hold on a minute. You, you've actually, I love that, Dan, because it's the perfect example of. He said he doesn't enjoy them. He's been very vocal about that. Mm. I want to be a fly. What are the conversations like? No, you have mm. to do them. Yeah, but I'd, give it to someone else. Fucking Naomi Schiff would kill it. Put a Will Bunsen yeah, yeah, and yeah. Naomi, they'd fucking kill it. That Because they generally enjoy it. They'd understand the pop culture. Again, I don't blame Martin Brundle for not knowing who the fuck Dojo Cat is. Or, you know, I, <laughs> I can imagine he's not sat at home listening to Megan Thee Stallion or Dojo. Like, no. I can just, and again, don't, I don't think he has to. But I think if that is your job, then you're going to have to get acquainted with American pop culture. If you head to Austin, yeah. you know who's going to be on the grid and not make a fool out of yourself, out of the sport and piss off the, you know, piss off these celebrities who have no idea who the fuck Martin Brown. Don't blame them. And this whole idea like yeah. this. This idea that you should know who no one fuck no one knows who Martin Brundle is or what he looks like outside of this yeah. small cohort of sports. Yeah. Um, but I like think, truly, um, I do, what are your like? Why is he holding on to this? Like, or what? Or is he being forced to do it? Is it just like a thing that he has to do? Is it part of the contract? Like, ooh, I think it's partially because he's been there so long. There's a relationship there between the drivers and him, and the teams and him, where they're sort of like, oh, we all know Martin. He's been here for so long. We'll give him some sort of time, but. Yeah, also as well, the I was just tone that they set. Gonna go back a bit. I think Will Buxton has done a few grid walks for he F1 has... TV. Yeah, yeah. I haven't actually seen and how he they went. said he loves them. He said he generally like he gets excited by them. And I, it's funny because it's one thing I'm not. I don't actually care that much about the grid walks. I never tune into it. But I, <laughs> I am excited. I've, I, I, but I am excited. I'm curious about if you don't like. Surely Martin Brundle is that a senior position enough that if anyone in this space can say, hey, I just don't want to do a thing, that they would actually go, okay, you know what? You don't have to do the thing. Yeah. And I'm just like, what is that conversation happening? Is it forced upon him? Is it part of his yeah. contract? Is it that they can't find anyone else? Which I'd be like, come on, boohoo. Dan that just dance right here. Yeah. Right him, there. The like, Dan is there. <laughs> yeah, I was like, Lewis, are you going to win this race or what? You know? Why is your car so shit this year, mate? Come on. Christian, how expensive were those sandwiches you were eating before the race? You know, those come on, wings. man. But like, but you, you, Dan, Dan, you're the same thing that Tony. Tony said shag on the TV, and they're like, "All right, love, you're out." And you're like, "Come yeah. on, Dan. Dan on the grid, like, eat, doop, boop, beep, 
Yeah. I wouldn't even... no. Oh, sorry, kids. We can't. Oh, no. He's swearing. Yeah. I wouldn't even make it onto the actual grid like this. I put one foot into the pit lane and they'll be like, right, you're out. Yeah. But the same thing. It's like we've got we've got the driver's room and they're like one F. I'm like, all right, that's it. That's it. Cut the camera. Cut the feed. It's like, but he was going to talk about something interesting. God damn it. You stupid TV markets. Grow look, up. It's just a swear word. I will say this. That's something that I'd never thought about because I'm not a parent. I do. I'm co I co-host two other podcasts, one that's about tech trends and one that's intersection of tech and politics. Plug them, Tony. And Plug them. Yes, this please. is your time. No, 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 no. Because it's not. Well, I yeah. go on. I, if you don't do it now, we're going to force you to do it later. So you just pick your time. Well, one's really smart, and it's called Another Podcast. <laughs> so good luck <laughs> finding that one. <laughs> just search for Another Podcast. Not this one, um, no, it's another one. Yeah, we, we nearly but... went with uh, two white guys talk about F1 again sort well, of thing. Well, I nearly know? went yeah. with two twats in a teapot with my other one, and I did not go with that. <laughs> <laughs> All of all of these podcasts, by the way, that both of them passed twenty episodes. Oh yeah, we're at ninety something. Congratulations! Uh, at the top zero point one percent. I reckon I'm the one percent. Like one percent. Yeah. Easy. <laughs> um, but here's but something I'd never thought about. Again, thinking about like the swearing and the understanding of just like what it means to be a presenter and all of that is. I did have a woman once ask me saying, "I love your podcast with my other my, my other co-host that's called Unapologetic Women," um, and she said, "I love your podcast, but I normally put it in when I drive my kids to school and the swearing." I just can't. And I was like, oh, fair enough. Like I actually generally can empathize with that and I get it. And I was just like, oh, that's a good point. So sometimes it is as a content creator, you're in these spaces where mm. you're just like staying true to yourself and also realizing that sometimes your audience is just like, my, and that is my audience for, for unapologetic women anywhere. It is women who are working women, probably very busy driving their kids to school that work in politics, work in tech, and they're listening yeah. to this onto the vibe and that's the only thing they have. And they're like, it's interesting when they go, well, I have to tune off. So again, I go, I empathize with, you know, well, yeah. we can't always be us, but that's one of the reasons why I always say when people are just like, well, you know, if you're doing all of this and you want to get, you know, something that people have this assumption. I don't know if you have this because you're coming at it from we've worked in F1. We're now content creators. I'm coming at it from the other space of I've never worked in F1. And so the assumption that most people make of Formula One content creators is, oh, you're trying to get into the system. And I look at people and go, what the hell about me tells you I want to be in the system? I am yeah, have so you seen blatant. The system? Yeah, have you seen the system? But also, have you heard what I have to say about the system? Yeah. And this is what I love. I love being on the outside. And I know that comes with certain privilege that I'm not, you know, I'm missing. I'm naive on certain things. But it is interesting that people are like, well, you're going to have to turn down, tune down the, the swearing or you'll, ne you'll never get hired to present on Formula One. I was like, in what world would I? That's, and again, the people who want that, great for you. But it's interesting when you think about like gridwalk and the future of that. And I just. Dan, yeah, engine yeah. mode 11 with the microphone up in Christian Horner's face being like, mate, what's on those sandwiches, bro? Yeah. What's on the sandwiches, Christian? Christian, why are at it? What was Recipe. Wrong, what was wrong with my tweets? Eh? <laughs> let's, let's have a little chat, me and you, Christian, live on air about me and HR. <laughs> Wait, did you oh ever hate? God. Oh, I want to hear this. Yeah, no, I, I, just... I got pinged loads of times by HR for my Twitter account. It became like a running thing where it got to the point of where I'd walk past the HR office, which was like a glass-fronted office, and they'd just uh, look at me and just shake their head because I'd have tweeted something earlier in the day, and I'm like, oh, well. Okay, I'm curious because this is – honestly, this is a thing. I think actually people might be really interested by this, Then, and I'll give you a little bit of context. I, again, got get pinged by a lot of people who ask me, aren't you scared of – the way that you're so vocal that it might 
put, you know, it might put off a couple of people or you're going to miss on partnerships. And I'm like, it's very simple. If someone, I never say anything mean. I'm, I'm very opinionated on certain things. And I think I'm generally fair and I call bullshit where I see bullshit. And, you know, if Red Bull looks at this and goes, oh, probably not going to partner with Tony because she said something mean about us, then we're not going to, we're not going to get along either way. We're not going to be the right partner. And I don't yeah. use Red Bull just because we're talking about Red Bull. Like that's not a thing that's happened. And again, like that's why Aston Martin love working, I think, with me. And they've generally asked me a couple of times, like, hey, what do you think about our program? Is it strong enough, not strong enough? We want your unfiltered opinion. And so I'm, and, and, but I do, but also I've lived seven lives. As I said, I'm like a cat. So I have not, I don't feel like I have anything to prove to anyone. Like, I, of course, we always have something to prove, but I'm not trying to get hired by anyone at this point in my career. Now, I know that there are a lot of younger 20 something year olds who are looking at their content creation as a way into this space, which I truly understand. So when they ask me, like, where's your limit? I was like, I can't answer that for you because I am 20 years ahead of your career and I've lived a couple of lives. I've been a spokesperson for people. I've been head of companies like I've done that and so I know where the line is with me and one day I'm going to get called out one day I'm going to get in trouble and I think I've got the stamina to to hopefully navigate that as best as possible but that was a long-winded sort of context setting there for you Dan but I'm curious was there ever a time with Red Bull where you're just like oh fuck I think this is I went a little bit too far were they clear on like here's the do's and the don'ts here were they clear on like this is why this tweet is problematic and not this one and also do you think you were given a bit more grace because you were in a more of a senior position or maybe you were an older man and again I compare that to a 20 year old woman coming into this space I'm just curious where your head is at and what the lessons you can share there um they were very clear that so these are the rules and i think it's red bull and all f1 teams so the rules are you can't have um f1 in any part of your social media handle because you can't oh, I did not know that. yeah you're not oh, as your to, username yeah so you can't have i couldn't be engine mode f1 for example that is super um, interesting i wasn't allowed to have a photo of me in team kit as my profile image and that well, makes sense. Yeah, and I wasn't yeah. allowed to make reference that I was employed by Red Bull Racing. So Isn't I could that say, well, I could say that I was employed for a team in F1, as it were, or whatever, but I couldn't specifically name the team because their argument was, and this is something that we did have a chat about because I used to do that. I didn't realize I wasn't allowed to. Um, oh, and they said that it's your tweets could be misconstrued to look like you represent the company which i always argued that uh, i you know no one should have taken my account seriously to represent the company but yeah <laughs> it's a shit post you know account. I mean? like we're yeah. memeing out man yeah so it, i don't yeah. know but um and the counter argument then to that is also doesn't everyone you employ represent the company if you employ shitheads you're gonna get shit like that it's like you've employed smart people let them now go and do their job with their own personality like i get that like then you're not a spokesperson but surely everyone you employs represents the team yeah and they were a lot more progressive with those rules and what they used to be in the past you just That's couldn't cool. have a social media account full stop and if you said yeah. you worked in F1, that was it. You'd get, you know, told off for wow. it. So it's definitely improving to a degree. I think there's still a lot of work to be done. That's why you don't see many people on social media that say yeah. they work in F1 because it's just... Like, I used to get it's people that would print off my tweets and send a letter in saying, this guy's done so-and-so. And it'd be like something completely, you know, meaningless or whatever. But they'd be sending hate mail to the company from my twitter posts or something like that and it's just not worth the aggro hmm. 
So could I you, think could you is it was it like what were the tweets that people had issues with? Was it It was literally just like a meme or something. Like I'd I'd make a yeah. meme of Toto smashing you know, when he smashed headphones his headphones, or... yeah, but I'd replace yeah. it with a red ball can or something like that. You know what I mean? Just something daft wow. and stupid like that. Yeah, yeah. And there's always one or two people on there that are just need to get a life, a job, and touch grass. Yeah, all th- simultaneously, the holy trifecta. Yeah. Get a life, get a job, touch some grass. But I, I think teams are starting to open up because they realize how important it is to employ human beings and not nameless, faceless. Not CVs. Yeah, exactly. Because like you're starting to see, I won't name any names, but I'm starting to see a lot more accounts and people that are, the teams are giving their blessing to say you are allowed to have a presence because it's you know it's it's good PR. It's like you you make the team more relatable and more accessible instead of like you see this you know this car factory that churns out elite yep. Formula One cars. People it don't was, get people don't get attached relatable to that. Relatable and human. Yeah, and, exactly. And look, I I look back at end of last year. The McLaren guys were big on TikTok, and they were funny too. And there was a handful of them, whether they were mechanics and engineers. And honestly, it's what got me excited by McLaren. And I was looking at this going, wow, I think McLaren, and I've been talking about which team is going to embrace fully the content creator economy. I think it's going to win and win pretty big um, for exactly all the reasons that we've just highlighted there. But I, And I was like, oh, maybe it will be McLaren next year that really embraces this. I'm exci-. And they were all told, oh, very obviously, like, shut it down. Like, you just, you you cannot share on the really? heart. Yeah. Um, and it's so obvious all the accounts just shut uh, or just stopped posting and they had big followers but but what they don't understand is instead of just having McLaren HQ and I'll give credit again where credit is due most of the admins are so smart and have become so funny and it is clearly there are people who understand this space and who spend hours on TikTok and meme accounts and Reddit and Instagram and it's funny and they're leaning into it but I could look at every single one of those memes and put it apart and see where someone would have an issue with it you know where it's just like oh well that's a bit rude and that's a bit condescending and that's a bit but again that's the power of memes is they 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 push where it hurts it's supposed to like yeah, again that's it, like it, political commentary or political you know discourse it's supposed to be painful. they're provocative deliberately they're provocative. provocative yeah um or not political discourse political um caricatures um or yeah. um but it, yeah they were clearly told to to shut it down but it's i do wish teams would understand i get the like hey we have one spokesperson and there's one account from which the official statements come from but use your people like mm. they are they are the I, they're humans they're they're, they're going to be your best selling your biggest asset that's also that you're already paying for this is what kills me don't go off and pay for extra money for marketing budget and ad spend you've already employed so many people if they want to be your vocal you know community let them do that and by the way if you don't trust them don't hire them in the first fucking place like that's my whole yeah. thing if you don't trust train, them, to be train them are, as well it's like here's, a, here's here's the rules for engaging in social media. You can be, you know, Dave or Susie that works for McLaren, but but here's the rules. Don't fuck with these things and yeah. do it because at the same time, like the, my most popular. And if you get bullied sh- online, we've got help for you as well because that's the other exactly that we're seeing. Yeah. yeah, but like my most successful pieces of short form content are talking about me and my story through Formula One. Like, and it's 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 like I'm not surprised, and it's like. People want to be, they want to find things they can relate to, aspire yeah. to, or or even like pick me apart. It's like, you dumbass, why would you quit your job yeah. as an engineer to, to make YouTubes and stream on Twitch? I'm like, hey, guess what? Because I fucking can. Yeah. 
And it's funny because the not that for those who will be listening to the podcast, but the picture that's behind me in the frame was me giving an interview when I worked for a tech company that sold political campaigning software. And I, at the time I was heading up the, the European expansion of that company and I was one of the biggest spokespeople for that company. And I always said I will always be true to who I am. And I got talked called into the, the lawyer's office the next day of just like, why you can't say this and you can't say that. And and it was a fascinating moment. And that's why my dad, my dad was like, this is the best fucking interview you've ever given. Like the company's very lucky. And I was like, well, I just got massively reprimanded yeah, for that. Yeah, so he, got, he, so mm. he printed it out, put it in a frame and sent it to me and like, keep at it, um, which I fucking love. Um, but it was interesting because when you go like, what was the issue? And it was like, well, you can't say that campaigning is, you know, I can't even remember what I was on about, but basically my, it was when I was helping Emmanuel Macron, French president, try and get elected. He, the Russians had leaked all of his campaigning. It was the Macron um, leaks. So they'd leaked all of his stuff. A lot of my emails were in there and it was about negotiating contracts. And the way I negotiate contracts is no bullshit. Like you've got until tomorrow, deadline, sign here. Sign this. And it was funny because that was being pulled apart. And I was like, I don't, and the, the, the journalist was asking me questions. I was like, it's a campaign. The campaign runs for 90 days. If you can't sign a contract in five days, then I don't know what the fuck you're doing. Like, I can't yeah. help you there. That's why yeah. I do it the way I do it. And it was, it was funny because they was like, the lawyer was like, you can't say these things. Like, it's the truth. And I get that there are things yeah. that you can't say, but I was like, there's no issue here. Going back to Dan's point of it's a fucking need. But it goes back to like all the education seems to be missing. And we say it with drivers too. Like who the hell is teaching these drivers how to give press conferences? I do not fucking know. George help is pretty them. good help them yeah but he's also very pr driven he's he's very rigid yeah it's not very rigid blimey, like he's very got too much training but i don't yeah. also don't blame him because apparently yeah. when you know they they say their own things the media picks it up and god if this doesn't go full circle to why cost cap and red bull was in every title for the last few weeks is because it's the ad business these days it's the media business it's click sell it's clicks the fucking and clicks sell the clicks aston martin in the headline with cost cap doesn't fucking sell a click doesn't no, sell ads no, doesn't no. sell Red Bull does, so let's fucking yep. go. And this is what I talk about on my stream all the time every time we look at content. It's like, who wrote it? What's the bias? And everyone has bias. Where does it come from? How long ago was it written? What was the follow-up to that? Let's fucking go. Because yeah, that's yeah. how I, and I. there's a lot that I can't teach people in Formula One, but if I can help people like digest news and how to look at it with a pinch of salt, then I'll, yeah. I'll happily gift, gift that. But it's a fascinating, yeah. messy world. It is. I appreciate you sharing that, Dan. It's I, I had no idea about that. You can't put your F1 in a handle, which makes sense. You can't put your team kit on. It's fascinating. Yeah, I think the F1 part comes down from F1 themselves. I'm not surprised. Yeah. Yeah, no, it doesn't surprise me. Can I wear old old Sahara Force India kit? Fuck it. Who's going to stop you? Yeah, VJ, come get me, bro. Yeah. Um, but you might find this interesting. The amount of paperwork I've had to sign as a content creator going into the paddock is wild. Really? And fun fact, did you know, I'm trying to pull it up, according, um, so this was the 2021 accreditations document that I had to sign. And under assignment of copyright, paragraph 6.1, 6 they owe me and everyone in the paddock that gets accreditation one pound. We should get, and I should, no, I don't think anyone's ever give, given a check, but because you're giving away your, you, you're just like, every, because of Netflix, because Netflix is now in the paddock, they're filming. So you're basically a background actor. So it's your one pound check for being a background actor, potentially. Come Netflix. collect, 
collect. Um, I want a check. Someone on my stream was just like, you need to get your one pound check from Formula One. Listen, and I was like, yes, I want. Don't ask, don't talk to Blake about being ripped off by Netflix DTS. Oh my God. How are they going to use me and my voice in the opening trailer for season one? Is it? 30 seconds, 30 seconds. And there's Simon Rennie standing in front of the car on the grid, and that's my voice. Those bastards. Like, they, they didn't even fucking put me in the credits, I don't think. Mugged him right off. People thought I was actually seriously going to go after well, them. I'm like, Blake, you're a fucking dork. If you have to sign a document that says something like 2022 F1 accreditations, look for paragraph under copyright and look for paragraph 6.1. And if you also get that you are owed by Formula One a one pound check, let's go and collect our money. Yeah, exactly. We're, like, hey, we're, here, we're here for the one pound. I will have that check and frame it and shove it on the wall next to That would be, <laughs> oh my God. Yeah, I'm going to turn up in my. Uh... <laughs> Turn up at Biggin Hill in my suit and that, uh, and sort of say, "Hello, I'm here to collect my uh, winnings." Uh, my <laughs> my <laughs> winnings, um, but it is again like the amount of documents. I feel like I've had to, and the, the reason I bought this app is because I need to find the other document I signed last year, which is one of like eighteen. I feel like I've given my firstborn, even though I don't have a firstborn oh. yet. But I think it belongs to F1 at is this that point. Intimidating signing that much paperwork, though. Um, I've, you, I've signed. I I've signed enough big big legal contracts um working in politics and tech that i'm kind of good at skinning up skimming through it um mm. and knowing what i should have issues from with um but you do but this is scary also you do get kind of just like okay where do you want me to sign and you have no idea what you're signing sometimes yeah. um but some of it one of the documents that not scared me a little bit but had me thinking because it was very it was very clear but it was like what you can and can't wear in terms of don't wear something that's a sponsor competing sponsor to the team in which you're invited all of it makes perfect sense yeah that's but if you don't know you're generally looking at through this going wow there's a lot here of yeah. like, there's a lot of room for errors. There's a lot of room for you to make a mistake. And this is just you as a content creator or just you as a, with a media pass. Yeah. Why don't I bring they're, you a Red Bull pretty... cap for next weekend? <laughs> I'm yeah. taking the Peretti cap that I was given last year. I was like, that feels like, that feels like solid ground. That's safe. Peretti That's cap, safe. it's safe. And also the Peretti guys are the absolute fucking best because they were, they would go in. I was working last year in the Austin paddock with ESPN. Um, work being a loosely I was just like fucking around more than anything and helping them um and the pretty guy and the pretty guys would sneak into the Red Bull garage to steal me a can of Red Bull because that's yep. the only drink that's my water and they'd be like how many do you want and he'd just go out and I'd be like, oh my god how many did you get me just a few and I'm like okay you're used to carrying pretty tires all day I can't carry these 20 yeah, cans of Red Bull and just look discreet look like I've just done a runner yeah um but the power of brands in F1 is insane so like Insane. At the Red Bull factory, none of the vending machines had any Coca-Cola products in them. They were like, there's no way in hell that you're having anything so like that. I don't understand that. I get it. I get like I get the business of it, and I don't. The human side of me just doesn't. I'm just like, who the yeah. fuck cares? We know we're in Red Bull. Also, people who drink Coca-Cola, I drink a Coca-Cola and a Red Bull a day. Like, I, they're not competing. Like, one is very different <laughs> to me than the other. Yeah, those are those are not the same ballpark, are they? No. And if you wanted a can of Coke, we have to go to our good friend Bianco's Bistro. Second podcast yeah. in a row we've shouted them Whee! out. Whee! Oh my God. And okay, like monster I can get, but also I get politically. And also I'm just like, I don't fucking care. It's like, it's so, it's such a weird, it feels petty more than anything. But I yeah. also get the business. I, I get it. I get it. I get it. But also, 
is this like this is not branding for me like your branding is so much more than oh there's a vet I actually think it'd be fucking great if they had Red Bull vending machines with everything but Red Bull in it <laughs> yeah exactly so yeah. you can have some coke Dr. Pepper Mr. <laughs> Pib Pepsi Max monster Bro. like yeah. let's go yeah, yeah nobody nobody wants that shit anyway go. what what else um what else from a branding perspective was interesting from your years at red bull because obviously you can't you can't not talk about red bull and and recognize the marketing prowess that these guys have done and yeah. look when we talked about w series i kind of like can can someone at red bull give w series a crash course on phenomenal marketing and branding and because i know that what? stood out for you i'll tell you what stood out for me how little involvement actual Red Bull the company had with Red Bull Racing. Huh. There was a couple of, obviously, marketing would speak together. But that was about it. I, I don't think I ever dealt with anyone directly from Red Bull the company. Me neither. No. But I guess that made sense for me, like being, you know, vehicle dynamics, trackside performance engineer. But like, yeah. Yeah, and so if there from was my any... side of like glorified IT, they're like... There was no no sharing of systems or or document yeah. portals or anything like that. It was all very much you are Red Bull Racing. All the domains were controlled mm. by the racing team. It was it was yeah strange. It was a very hands off operation from Red Bull. You'd have like collaboration on marketing, but that'd be about it. Yeah, I don't. And everyone anything. in Europe, no Americans, because I imagine yeah, nope. Red Bull Racing is all in Europe. Yeah. So, do you yeah. think that's changing or is that going to change i don't think so i think if anything yeah. it's probably gonna get more more um siloed or... maybe red bull racing will become even more autonomous from the yeah. the big the big company i don't know going on the topic of red bull i don't know why this is top of mind but when we were talking about the americanization of the sport if you look at the 10 teams that we have on the grid today which of those 10 teams do you think is most likely to win over the hearts and minds of americans and be embraced or be taken you know under the wing of the americans as like this is our team not haas um, probably not haas they seem so unrelatable not not like i just like you know in terms of like being a american team how how they sell machining equipment. I don't have yeah. any attachment to machining equipment, even though I love, you know, that. But probably Red Bull, Mercedes, or Ferrari. Whoever takes the next American driver. Oh, interesting. Is it Logan, so, Logan Sargent? He's American, yeah, isn't so he? Yeah, so Williams. Yeah, he is. I reckon they'll get behind uh, a Big bit Trump supporter, I believe. Patriotism. Well, why, don't we, why, don't we, why don't we talk about this? So FP1 in Austin... We've got a, quite a few young drivers. One of those names comes up. So we've got five different teams running a test driver in FP1. It's about goddamn time, wasn't it, as Lizzo would say? Yeah. <laughs> Alfa Romeo's running Pusher. Uh, yeah. Schwartzman in Ferrari. Palo in the McLaren. Giovinazzi's driving the Haas. Sargent, as we just mentioned, American, is in the Willys. Uh, and I think yeah. that's it. I think that you'd, you'd literally... Literally a quarter of the FP1 grid will be, um, well, Giovinazzi's. That time Why is Giovinazzi mate? still being allowed to run? Ferrari. I, I think I, he's not. For yeah, example, there's, there's two things. So you are you're required to run two yeah. young drivers. Alpha ha, each. Yeah, yeah, Alpha have gotten around that with Joe because Joe with was. Joe a, you, yeah. Yeah, he was a young driver for those first two races. Which makes enough. sense. Yeah. yeah. But these other teams you can still elect a test driver it doesn't have to be one of your young drivers 
Does it though? Because I thought the the regulations were pretty fucking clear that it was someone that had never entered well, a championship. Well, you, so so you you still have to run those two, but in addition to running those mandatory, you can still run an experienced oh. driver. Then there's been a couple of drivers I can't think of their names right now, but they have been in Formula That's... One and competed in a Grand Prix. So you can, in addition to the mandatory two, you know, non F1 competing drivers, you can still run other people. Hence. Uh, Giovinazzi being picked for the Haas, yeah, and, and that that caught me out too. I was like, "Why? Why are they? These guys aren't they, those guys aren't the rule." It's like, yeah, but they don't. They're already they're completing their allocation of that rule, and then they're doing something else. Oh, okay. So, so Joe's ticked the boxes for. Um, It'll be fun. Romeo, for so example. you said we've got five. Five in FP one. That's going to be a fun FP one. <laughs> here's another kicker. So if you if you're thinking about some parties, why not give these young men 30 extra minutes to run some pirelli tires in free practice one so is that yeah. free practice one or free practice two i think it's fp1 it's one of the practice sessions in i know japan, there's an extra fp2 japan was planned for fp2 ah so it's yeah. either fp1 or fp2 so maybe these guys aren't going to get the extra 30 minutes but i, I was wondering what it was because is it, is it not mm. tire warmers but this is just a, so mario ozola said it is going to be a compound test free practice in austin so an extra 30 minutes you get a set of tires they control the run plan they yeah. the tires will be unmarked so if you see some prelis without any markings on them those are the test tires um they're not going to change the construction because the construction impacts the car setup so they'll just be a compound test and I by no markings you mean without the white yellow yeah, yeah exactly they're going to be black they're going to be black sidewalls, so they're going to have some other. I'll keep my eye out if I see it. Markings for that, yeah. Keep, yeah, keep keep an eye out for that because I know you will. Why don't we? Uh, why don't we get into what are you? What are you going to be up to in Austin? Because I'm going to be in Austin as well. I'm I'm not. Uh, I did not secure any access to the paddock, unfortunately. Yeah, but Dan, I will be around. hold on to that beard. Austin's yeah, no, I tell back. you, we are what an hour and a half into the podcast, and I think I've just found a piece of curry in my beard. Oh, wow, there you go. That's impressive. You, know? yeah, you don't want to lose that, mate. And it's either that Keep or it, it, I don't know. Yourself. Maybe it was a piece of rice. But there you go. These, <laughs> these are the problems that I have with having a beard. Oh, save a snack In for later. French, mm. there's a perfect French word for that, which is a fourtou, which is I, the literal translation of that is stuff everything. Um, and a fourtou <laughs> is just like, yeah, it's just not, that. I don't know why. I'm not no. going to attempt to pronounce that. So if you ever wanted a nickname for your beard, it could be fourtou. There you go. Wow. <laughs> Literally That's translated impressive. to stuff everything. Mm -hmm. Stuff <laughs> everything. Wow. Oh, so, Austin, so, sorry, I derailed this. That's fine. No, so, my beard did. It's okay. <laughs> so, Dan, Dan's not going to be there. Um, no, Ooh. I'm going to go make a cup of tea now so you two can talk, Austin. <sighs> no, no, we're, we're not going to let you. Fucking you know what? Content if, if, creators. You know, Jesus Tony Christ. asked the question earlier what kind of content would we make? Yes. Uh, you never answered that. If the two of you were going to a track in Austin, what would you want to create? barbecue mukbang content yeah i wouldn't eating, do anything at the trams i'd well, be no, like, clearly um, seen that dan can't do a mukbang because yeah. it, it was, yeah. <laughs> it's in the beard yeah he didn't have you seen the, the have you ever seen it. that um richard what's his name richard ardy's that travel man he's no, a comedian he's a comedian where he goes around he's like very sort of dry and a bit like me in a sort of way and he does like travel shows i would do that for f1 just like travel Dude, shows of like where we're going sort of, yeah, yeah. So, yeah. Like the the, the non-influencer travel of just like, yeah, yeah. shit hotel, bed yep. was comfy, good view, um, yep. toilet sanitary, calm, <laughs> they gave it, they gave me earplugs, happy with that. Yep. Breakfast had a good spread. Yeah, I like that. Exactly. So <laughs> elite, elite level content. 
Yeah, yeah that'd yeah. be good. This hotel is a 10 out of 10, as you can tell by the joy in my voice. <laughs> uh, it's got to happen next year. We've got it. We've got to find a way next year. Like, if, if we're not canceled by next year, we're going to have to get somebody to get the engine braking pod in the pot in the uh, paddock. Yeah, it's going to have to happen. I, I think there's 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 some there's some things afloat. There could be some things happening, but so Tony, yes. talk to us talk to us about your plans this weekend, this coming week. Um, so I'm very very grateful and very thankful to Aston because this is the second time that they've invited me in as a content creator. So the first time was in Miami. Um, I've obviously been doing a bunch of work with them uh, this year, which has been fun. And what I love working with them is they just give me carte blanche essentially, which is. Well, share share through your eyes what what you see and what the experience for a weekend in the paddock is which i think is the best the best thing that any team could do and a few teams have started to lean into that so there's obviously a couple of well, wednesday is a big content creation day um for us there's actually a fun thing if you are going to be if you are listening and you are going to be when is this going out um uh, in about in two morning. hours time probably Oh, Not long, oh, look at so, that. Efficient. Yeah. Yes, exactly. Uh, well, if you are going to be in Austin, I'm about to share this as well, but I think Aston Martin have shared it, but I'm going to be hosting a meet and greet with the one and only Sebastian Vettel um, and hopefully ask him some fun, interesting questions. And if you've got fun, interesting questions that you would love Sebastian Vettel to answer, definitely shoot them along. Um, but they're inviting, I believe, 15 to 20 people who are in Austin to come along to the meet and greet. Um, and I think that's just, it's a couple of things that you just need to, give them the, your data um in the, but it's just like you just quick form just to a, fill out a, a blood sample sexual just a blood sample your first born as i was saying no very quick easy they do it they always they they love and look they're going back to why i've enjoyed so much working with this team and i love the sport as a whole i'm not a fanatic of every team i was very open with them i don't have a team member don't have a driver favorite i just love the whole grid yeah. I, I see a beauty in every team and i think every team are doing something interesting and different um but what i will definitely huge kudos and respect is the fact that they have trusted me and trusted other content creators they've done their due diligence and they're willing to do something different and I think it's smart for a team that's coming back obviously after 60 yeah. years of, of being away from the sport and I think they, they had a desire to move away from that legacy of only being associated to you know James Bond and I think it's smart for them to be seen and I think people do see them now as fan-centric fan first the, the team the, of the people yeah yeah, yeah. I was going to say in terms of like social media engagement and things like that Aston are, are definitely up there in my top opinion notch. yeah top I notch think, and I not mean, easy for an app for like a, a brand that's aston martin you would not associate a brand like aston martin or ferrari with like with the people and you yeah. know funny and so they've done a good job uh so blake to answer your question that's wednesday so sign up if you want a chance to, to right, hang out so with the, me the, but more specifically said battle the best way for them to find that are you gonna put that on twitter I'm going to put that on Twitter and I'm going to do that in maybe an hour or two. So whilst you're doing a, <laughs> in the time We're it will take you to create up, yeah. a whole episode, um, it will take me the same amount of time to put out one tweet. That's <laughs> all right. It will um, be I'll... tomorrow morning this goes out, so don't panic. <laughs> yeah. um, Can no, you... but I'll put that on Twitter and I'll put that on Instagram as well. Perfect. So Tony Cohen Brown on Instagram That's and it. Twitter, isn't it? Yeah, correct, cool. correct. Good. Um, can um, you ask Seb if he regrets not getting to work with me? Oh, okay. That, that can you, go down well. Can you tell me what he smells like? <laughs> I'll just lean in for a sniff um, oh. and never be invited back again. Yeah, I see. Um, God, this lady's a creep. <laughs> get her out. 
Um, I hope it'll do better than last time. Last time I had a meeting with him, it was kind of unplanned. I was jet lagged, hadn't slept in about 26 hours, and I had just done Oof. my massive bike tour around Miami in the sweltering heat. Um, and the bike tour felt more like Dodge, Dodge or McLaren, um, because that's there were yeah. so many McLarens out in Miami. And this was the first yeah. time I was getting on the bike after 15 years. It was not a good idea. It was like clenched a butt cheeks for the <laughs> three hours whilst on the bike it was like, not good oh, yeah city yeah. Ur urban cycling and then you get the call are you free do you want to just chit chat with uh, seb and i'm like well, i'm not gonna say no but also i'm definitely not in the right state yeah. of mind whatever <laughs> fuck it let's send fuck it. it let's go um and then thursday friday saturday sunday i'm let loose in in the paddock in different formats um mostly what you where you find me is sat on the floor of um the the garage um bugging the team members with random fucking questions me, such as like on? yeah like yeah exactly what do you for? do what is that yeah. what is that and that's but that's but there's, and there's... humbling i'll say this um which i don't know if this is true for both of you by the way but i asked one of them a question about tires and he said i'll be right back and came out and pulled out the regulations and highlighted a few things i was like may i could have done that <laughs> but uh, so does everyone walk around with like a set of the regulations stuffed in a pocket somewhere Pretty just much, Jonathan. yeah. As I say, Jonathan, yeah. just ask Jonathan. Yeah, um, he, he 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 usually knows. But the if, whole thing if, anyway, if you so. want to get in with the team in the garage, all you got to do is you got to go in, and you know, if you're feeling a bit tired, just say, "Oh, feeling a bit P zero today," and they'll be like, "She knows what she's talking about." P nowhere. Yeah, they don't call nowhere. them. They don't, yeah, P zero, P one, P two, P zero, P zero. Um, and then I'll be doing some stuff, I think, with ESPN as well, which I'm excited by. Um, but this is, look, again, this is this is fun. You're, you're seeing content creators go in with F1 Track TV and content creators. I think it's going to be, a, I think it's going to be a bit like Miami, unsurprising, because the American market understands the creator economy. And I think we're going to see quite a handful of teams with different content creators um, with them. And I think every single content creator has a different, um, has a different agreement with every team. But I think... Yep the the through line for all of them those that are smart are just like be you do you're not we've invited you because of the type of content you do we're not inviting you to be another will buxton or we're not yeah. inviting you to be a presenter like just do here's, it's, it's do not that. like here's your script tony can you read these cards out and tell these people about these things it's like do we're giving you access to stuff that you don't yeah. normally have access to do because you're so good at sharing insight from outside of it making you know research observations and making very interesting conversations about it. it's like why don't we just give you a little bit extra access and then so, just let you fucking run with it? And the teams that realize this, and I, I do wonder when the regulations will change on this, but because we are not part of the team, we don't have the same restrictions and obligations. We're not seen as being in competition with the broadcasters. So I can shoot and broadcast whatever I want because I'm not yeah. a team. I'm not part of the team. I'm not in I'm not in competition with the Sky Sports agreement that they have for exclusivity content. And we were talking about this with Blake before. Imagine if every team were just like, fuck it, let's bring in 15, 20 content creators who collectively have a couple hundred million, tens of million, even just one million followers. That's way more views like that yeah. that's how you exponentially grow but also tap into all of these different diverse audiences and to yes. your point the people inviting the content creators this is what i say with 
which I loved with, again, with Aston is the people that invited me were genuinely consuming my content before they knew me. Yeah, yeah. And so that's how they discovered me. And some two or three of these, the women that I were talking to just Asa who happened to be women, but they just joined motorsports. So they found my channel at a time where they were just joining motorsports and just joining Aston Martin. And they were just like, they told me afterwards, we were consuming your content and learning from it. And so we thought, wait, hold on a minute. If we're learning from this, there must be a plethora of other fan fans yeah. like us who this might be helpful to um get but involved. I get involved and i like it when the higher ups sort of say yeah we'll trust you but also we don't get it that's fine my content it, is probably it, it, not for a launch stroll or a launch stroll you know not, yeah, but it's you're like, not my target audience exactly and that's and that's, that's what the people fine. running that's what the people running the sport are. it seems like there's at least people below them projecting up to them is like by the way this is not your thing but this will this will do numbers and at the end of the day yeah. they're going to see they're going to see the, the dollar bill numbers going up and they're like, oh, that's cool. Thanks for that yeah. content creators. You guys are super fucking cheap compared to the traditional means for doing this. <laughs> no, but seriously. And, and, and what we get is I get access to something I would never normally get access to, which exactly. means that questions pop up that I would like, again, I go back to my countdown clock as an example. I would have never thought about diving into that if it wasn't for that. I would have never thought about diving into when... Shout out to Jose from Alpine Stars, showed me one of the Sparco shoes, boots, whatever that the drivers wear. And we were talking and I was touching it and I go, this is much lighter than I thought it was. And he was like, aha, well, do you know why it's light? I was like, no, no fucking idea. And he's like, what do you think it's made out of? And I was like, I don't know, leather. And he's like, well, it's not bovine leather. I was like, well, what kind of leather is it? And he's like, it's kangaroo leather. And I was like, wait, what? And we had a great yeah, conversation. Like, what the hell is that? What the hell? And the two guys from Aston were just like, I'm sorry, did you just say the shoes are made out of kangaroo leather? I've worked here for 20 years and had no idea. Yeah. And it's and that's what I love. Like these kind yeah. of wackadoo conversations. And I have, again, I'm old enough to know what I'm supposed to know. And I know the enough to know what I'm supposed to know and I'm putting this in big inverted commas because really you should know whatever you want to know but yes. I also know that there are questions that might be really naive and there are questions that no one knows the answer to this no one needs to know the answer to this but if you find it amusing and fun great mm. um and I think the more people we have like that that get access to the sport the more incredible content we're going to get out well of I'll give you something else Tony so I don't know yes. this is something you can look at when you're out there but the yeah. Red Bull driver suits were not stitched. Yeah. Were not stitched together. They were sealed together by like a special um, glue. Yeah, which was lighter than the stitching. So there you go. Are they the only ones with that? I don't know. So that's what you have to keep your eye open for. Oh. I already mm. ran around the paddock touching people's suits because it went from being embroidered to being it to being. Um, Printed, screen printed on, yeah, uh, screen printed because obviously much lighter. Which again, I was going back like, at what point did we shift from one to the other? Um, but I did not know about the stitching. Yeah, you uh, have to you have to check that out in Aston and see what they're doing. But it was also a very weird one where I was sat at a table and they handed me Nico Hulkenberg's underwear, and I was like, "This is great." Um, can you take them back? I feel really weird, like yeah, fiddling yeah. around, and, and because I, they were showing me the the FIA homologation like stickers and the dates. So these on these it, weren't and, the used ones. They weren't out of the dirty laundry. They, no, no, they were out of a bag. Um, so I'm, okay. I mean, you know, fuck, I know, you know, might be wash number sixty and use number sixty. I don't know. I would have um, taken them and I'll tried to know. sell them on eBay. I'm not gonna lie. <laughs> Just run Nico's off with pants. them. <laughs> um, Oh, but I like that. I'm going to have a look at that. That's really interesting. But, and oh, Dan, if this isn't what puts a giant, slaps a giant smile on my face is the creativity of these teams and not skirting, but like seeing, okay, well, we're given a set of rules or a sandpit to play in. 
how can we make the best of this? Like, how can we get super creative? And I love this because I do think this is how you find the smart of people is when you give them really strict rules and you go <laughs> figure it out within the parameters yeah. here. Yeah. Um, Send it. And I won't go on a tangent about the cost cap there, but yeah, exactly. <laughs> and if there's no penalty for breaking this, there yeah, you go. We, we, we what can go was on. the what was it with Mercedes a couple of years ago? Was it the DAS system that they yeah. had with the steering wheel that they pulled in? Because that was a perfect example of a team going, "Well, I think we can do this. Let's fucking try it." And then yeah. everyone going, "No, we have huge issues." And then having to explain, "Well, why doesn't this fit in?" Yeah, they said yeah. that they worked with the FIA in its early development. And they were given leeway to use it for the rest of the season, weren't they? And then it was banned the yeah, year after. Banned. Yeah. But, you yeah, know, I mean, it's one of those things where when we first saw it, I mean, a lot of us were sitting there watching it on the telly going, oh, I wish we thought of that yeah. <laughs> sort of yeah, thing. Yeah, exactly. You know? But Which, like that, I love it. Yeah, that was super cool. But that, that was the kind of thing, like, I think they did the right thing with that. It's like, cool. You, you might, If anybody wants to develop this system, go for it. Yeah. Um, Mercedes can run it for the rest of the year, but we'd like to close this loophole. I thought that was fine. You know, it's just one of those things that doesn't really, it's an expensive, complicated thing that doesn't actually really add much value. And they probably found a very small um, improvement in very certain situations with that system. But I don't really yeah. think that was a, a game changer, honestly. I remember everyone being like, well, what just happened to Lewis yeah. Hamilton steering like, wheel? Like, just like, this, <laughs> like kids, just what did you? And then everyone like, we need different angles. Give us the different, it was so fun. And I, again, that's like a perfect example of this is how it should go versus up in all, like, what the hell? We've breached something. We've overspent. Like, this is what it should be. Of Like, we tried. We were told that we could do it. Couldn't do it. For how long? Revert hmm. back. Did it help? Did it not help? Who knows? But this is how innovation works. Yeah. Yeah. I, I think don't that's, know that's super any other sport that does that. That has but, that level of innovation. But like, like tweaking the, and changing. Yeah, but the the innovation st and stuff right now, it's, it's not really been that much exciting stuff that we've heard about in the mm -hmm. last 10 years as they've been. Can we think of much stuff? Like Ferrari's got some pretty cool fuel flow meter tricks. That was interesting. <laughs> um, uh, Mercedes, when, when was our um, fuel? F we had a fuel flow meter. When was that? 2014 with Danny Ricciardo in Australia? Yeah. Yeah. So, yeah, I think that's about it. I think, I think what happened with that was basically the fuel flow meters are, were insanely unreliable and they take huge offsets yeah. and they're like there's no way that number's true like we know because there's a fuel flow meter and then the engine has a fuel rail calibration the reason that there's a fuel flow meter is so you can't fuck with the fuel rail calibration be like oh we're not using that much fuel man trust me and you just tell it it's five but it's actually 20 you know that kind of thing but the fuel flow meters took an offset and they're like we're not trusting that and if i were like um that was the fuel flow meter it's like yeah but it's not that much fuel like we know that look it takes a huge offset and they're like nah fuck you i was like oh yeah. But at the end of the, that was the rules. The fuel flow meter is the king, and if it if it says yeah. something, so be it. But those I think those are a lot better now. But now there's not. I don't know. There's not been like that. That was like that was just like a, a electronics fuck up. You know, it's not really. Didn't I see a video? God, this is where my life is bizarre. That I don't know if I actually dreamt this because I'm to your point. I'm just like, there's not been a lot of innovational fun things. So I I think I wake up some mornings and I've dreamt a whole scenario and I go look for it on the internet and I'm like, oh, I think I made this up. That's <laughs> I wish fine. I had that problem. Um, um, sounds like a very creative problem. <laughs> didn't oh god, if this is wrong, this is gonna sound really this is bizarre. Gonna be good. Well edit it. We're not gonna didn't edit it out. Just, send it. just come out with a compostable F1 car seat. Yes. 
You are correct in that, yes. Okay. Uh, I don't think it's... <laughs> You've got me nervous. No, 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 honestly, I no, no, you are right. Smoking. It's um, made from Super natural fibres or something, yeah. Yeah. I think it's and they been around the first for a, a while, oh. though. Not. I think okay, they may have had it last year. But is, is the resin system compostable? Because that's usually the problem with recycling is the resins are oh, not. I don't know. Come on, you're... Oh, I forgot you're a fucking fraud. Just like me. I have no idea. I'm just backing Tony up because she's right. I've seen it. It's on the internet. But that was on my like, oh, I want to look into that. Um, want to look into that. That seems interesting. That is super um, cool. And that, the, but look, it actually bizarre tie, not bizarre tie. I think a relevant tie back to the cost cap is I do think this was a, we forgot how much money some of the bigger teams, the Red Bulls, the Mercedes, the Ferrari, pour into innovation, research and development over the years and have come up with some really fucking cool shit that's, you know, found its way into road cars or into hospitals or into medical devices, which is really cool. And I do wonder, and I know that it doesn't really fall under the cost cap, but I do hope we don't lose that research and development arm that some of these bigger teams have really gifted us with um because i think that would be a shame and i do think that's one of the the the, i don't know the not the nicest things about the sport but one of the things that i've always loved about the sport is that spillover effect into all of these other spaces like you know newborn baby pods that were helped create you know that were helped designed by the likes of widdams and mclaren yeah um to you know travel newborn babies um and shop store food shop refrigerators as well yes apparently something else williams has dabbled in yeah. To optimize yeah. the airflow. I think some energy efficiency. It's Ooh. cool. Yeah. Those, it's some those, cool shit. But those things also will continue to live on in teams' advanced technology arms. For example, yeah. like Williams have that. We know that uh, Red Bull have that. I'm sure Mercedes have that thing as well, where they're doing projects that are not under the F1 thing. So it's like, we've got money. We want to make another business doing cool technology shit. We can do Formula yeah. One. We can do anything, right? That's the whole thing. McLaren do it. Um, so, I don't think that's going to go away. It's just a matter of if the people running those machines um, can drum up the right amount of business and make it profitable. Because at the end of the day, the the parent companies are going to want to turn a profit. They're not there just to do cool R&D. They're like, no, you need to be making some money, people. Yeah, that's that's the whole reason Red Bull Advanced Technologies exists, isn't it? To help Adrian run away and do his crazy projects like carbon fiber bicycles and god knows what else they're cooking up yeah exactly but that's that's cool that's cool but it's just uh, i'm i'm, I'm i hate in... that sorry got finished no, sorry. I, yeah i just i don't i don't see those going away which is very good okay. but that is good at the same time it's like those things have to turn a profit whereas when you when you have the budget unrestricted i'm, I'm not saying a, a, not having a budget cap is the way i don't i think having a budget cap makes sense but Formula One, people are burning money. They're setting piles of mm-hmm. money on fire to do crazy R&D for really, really tiny, minute improvements probably. Whereas these projects, those companies have to turn a profit for them to make sense. Otherwise, they're like, yeah, you know what? Tech- Technologies division, you guys are cool R&D stuff. Uh, you're not making us any money, so can you fuck off now? Whereas before, people be literally setting dumpster fires of cash. You know, just sending whole dumpsters of cash setting them on fire to do some i don't even say what to find this slope nothing that actually has also no value outside of this very niche application yeah yeah and there's also that project pit lane wasn't there during covid where all the teams teamed up to make the ventilators and that we was involved in that yeah which again i don't 
And look, maybe this goes back to the top of our conversation, which for me is for a sport that is at the pinnacle of motorsport, that is so advanced when it comes to research and development, technology, innovation, they're so fucking bad at communicating. So bad. And to your point, that pit lane project was so cool knowing that the teams came together and they took their time and they took their skill sets and they applied it to something that the world really needed. And barely any news was written about this. And I don't know if it's because it was badly positioned. I don't know if they're, mm. the journalists were just not picking it up. And let's be real, at the time, the world was pretty much on fire. So maybe this just wasn't a priority. But this is something that I would drum on again and again and again, because it's a fucking cool story. Yeah. Um, so I don't know. I, I don't know how true this is so i could be wrong let's take this with a pinch of salt but yeah i understand that in the end the uk government didn't award the contract for mass production of them um but to make sure it wasn't a waste i think they ended up going to quite a lot of eastern european countries and african countries i think Not, yeah in the end but again you won't know about that because like you say it wasn't in the news or anything and i only mm. knew that because obviously working in the team we heard about it but yeah, yeah. i think that's what happened in the end and it's silly because even just like team morale, like if I was a member on that team, I'd be like, this is pretty fucking cool. Like there's something I'm proud of. This is something that I my work has gone towards. And so I keep coming back to this thing of how is this sport so bad at communicating, whether it's from a regulatory perspective, whether it's from a comms yeah. perspective, we races were on, came and went and no one fucking knows. And it were like, we're all just pretending it wasn't a thing that happened and it wasn't a big promise that was made in 2020. What's and the new one now? Drive it out, isn't it? Is that the new one? I don't know. They've changed their mind several times. Uh, those are, yeah, it actually do something, please. Don't just talk about <laughs> Because I think this would help because, again, it's, yeah. it's I, I realized someone said this to me the other day when I was talking about W Series and they said it's so much easier for us to be angry than upset. So I think that's why there are so many people that are angry when in reality what you are is you're upset. But as humans, we're just not very we're not often taught how to deal with being upset, but we're hmm. taught how to deal with anger because we could just mimic angry people because there's a lot of angry people. And so it got me thinking about W Series and all the people who are just like very like physically angry. And I was like, I'm not angry. I'm generally upset about this um i'm angry that nothing has been done about it but we don't seem to be able to communicate that properly and we just go back to anger and the reason i bring that up is because there's a lot that this sport is doing incredibly well and yeah. i think that's what gets me excited when i get to hang out in the garage i'm like i can tell these micro stories that that fill me with joy and yeah. i can just stare at something and go, that's fucking cool like come on that's cool um yeah that's uh, not glamorous that's not big that's but it's cool like it's yeah it's and i cool think that's what, that's what people are into is that little cool things like you know all because let's, let's, from a content point of view all you have to do is get somebody's attention it's like hey i bet you didn't know this and they're like you, mm -hmm. you create that you know that information gap and they're like and then you and then you deliver on it because like people don't know these things and it doesn't yeah. there's so many it's awesome i'm and i'm, I'm bad at that i'm i i need to get better at this get smart about hooking someone into the storytelling and keep them um i'm i always feel uh, i don't know i feel bad i would just like i'm not good at the marketing side of something uh, i saw someone the other day i'll share this with you'll laugh because you're both on twitch you'll understand this when people ask me um i was very lucky enough to get a contract with twitch and they basically put me on this um, you know the sports accelerator program and when people say oh that's cool like what's your thing i was like i don't know i get paid a bunch of money to fuck around on twitch i'm excited and i was like that's how i'd explain it i don't know how else to explain this yeah and then I saw um, someone and I was like, oh, you are a marketing genius who said, and I quote, 
more or less 100% this quote. Um, I have just been signed by Twitch and they have given me my own show. And I was like, that sounds a bit nicer and a bit that smarter sounds, than yeah, I've been given money to fuck around on Twitch. Yeah. Um, and I host and co-produce my own show. And it's not a show. That, it's that, they go live on, on Twitch. But it is and a I was show. like, that's marketing press right there. That's that's how you mm. pitch. And that's what I love also about being in America. I was speaking with a young woman who I was asking her what she was doing. This was a couple of years ago. And she pitched, she left the company and she's like, I'm starting my own media company and my own media empire. I was like, fuck yeah, you go. She was starting a podcast. But she didn't say I'm starting a podcast. She said I'm starting my media empire. What, what, what do we say, Dan? It's like, yeah, we're just going to go live and post some fraudulent shite on the internet. Yeah, we're just going to talk and, uh, shit. Um, and then hopefully someone <laughs> listens it, to it, you know. Cheers, um, cheers you guys, for listening cheers. to this. Yeah, no, thank at least, you. At least, we've, at least we've had somebody not entirely fraudulent on here today. Yeah, like no, that Tony TV has and... finally brought some professionalism and class. We, we took oh. us seven episodes, but we got there in the <laughs> end. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Well, oh dear. no, that's awesome. I, I A think, pinch of it, anyway. Yeah. Why don't we... Uh, oh, honestly, we're going to have to have you back, Tony, because... This this, this podcast this, this podcast could literally be a four hour episode, and I don't think I, I was going to be... say how long are your episodes because we've been chatting for a while. We we usually never break an hour and a half. Um, we were okay. one hour fifty eight minutes on the record right now, so wow. we've smashed it. So, is there anything else that we've missed that you really really wanted to get out there? Because we we need to give you the floor for a minute and give you a second to tell everybody about where they can find you, what you're doing. Um, anything you're doing in Austin, you've mentioned those, but like, let's, let's wrap them up at the end here so that everybody can, uh, they, they know where to find me and Dan, like Dan's posting YouTubes again. Now let's go, let's go fraudulent. Big up. <laughs> Love that. Love that. What are you, well, you're not, you're not pretty, you're not posting YouTubes. You're a, a I'm starting. But... Dan's a film producer, isn't he? I, yeah. Ooh. I mean, I literally sit here in this very position I drink a cup of tea for 10 minutes and talk crap about F1 and we call it Tea Time Thursday. I fucking love, love it. that. I love so, that. Yeah. Have you found posting on YouTube to fit your lifestyle or to fit Much your better cadence? Than Twitch. Yeah. Yeah. Much better because I can Tea Time Thursday, but I can do that Wednesday afternoon or whatever. Yeah, nobody nobody pause knows. And come back and yeah. Yeah. Whereas with the kids or whatever, if one of them's ill one night or something, I can't go live streaming. Yeah. So. It works a lot better for me this way. So, yeah. I talk about this a lot, that there's so many, that we're so lucky these days that there are so many different avenues to create content and you've just got to, I'm a big believer in you've just got to try it all um, and see what fits. Because I generally thought that I, I started a newsletter a year ago and I haven't posted anything on it for a year, which I feel really bad. Um, I generally thought that for me, writing a newsletter every day would be, every week, sorry, would be super easy. And I procrastinated so fucking much because I don't believe that I'm so self-conscious about my writing. Yeah because my mother tongue is French and English is my second language. So I write sometimes like a French person, which is bad, um, very long winded. I also talk like a French person, very long winded. Um, but I was so, I got so much in my head that actually just publishing was so difficult. And I always thought that like the TikTok stuff would be the thing that I would drop pretty instantaneously, mostly because I'd be like, this isn't for me. Like I don't yeah. want to be in front of the camera. I created content for so long, but you've got to try it all and see, and you'd be surprised with what works for you, what sticks. And 
I think that like that you you're a natural at the TikTok, being it like you know very candid, going live, talking about something you're passionate or or interested in, and be like, what do we think about this? Or here's what I think about this. Those are like the two angles, mm. and like it's concise. What's what's your your three words? It's concise, blunt, 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 brief, and yeah. what is it? Blunt, brief, and it might be concise. Blunt, it's... brief, and. Fuck, we, some, sometimes you're, sometimes you're not entirely when you need to be you can be brief but we oh, i'm like, not i'm definitely not brief. <laughs> this is uh, blunt bit. brief blunt clear and brief i don't think i'm clear either but it's no, more like it, it's just it's a north star yeah, <laughs> it's what I'm aiming for. you know what um, <laughs> but that's why by the way i started a tiktoks because my friend was like go fuck yourself i'm not reading a 54 page document <laughs> and i was like okay but I know there's enough content. And I looked at the doc and I looked at TikTok and I was like, oh, I can do this. Yeah, I this can is, this, break this is 100 down. TikToks. This is, oh, way more. And then I realized every time I put a TikTok, I had 10 more questions related to this yeah, topic. And, then... and so I am looking at right now a Notion document of a couple hundred unanswered questions. So the questions are there. But that Big was what Notion. took me by surprise with Twitch. Big up Notion. Yeah, sponsored. Oh, podcast. my God. Yeah, I'm sorry, um, bastards. Yes. <laughs> Give us your money. Are um, you paying for a premium one? I am. I just yeah, paid I for am. One. Are you kidding me? Yeah, I fucking love it. But they need to um, add. Hey, if, if Notion, if you're listening, please sort out offline mode. I'm about to go on some <laughs> flights. I need offline mode. I've got a, I've got this black book that I'm working in. Um, that's also it's also we could go on for ages. It's also relieving Full to un, untach from the, uh, uh, yeah, digital for a bit as well. Definitely more. What's, uh, what's the logo on that notepad there, uh, Blake? It looks like a familiar one. Oh, is it not a How Red Bull one? No, it's, it's a it's a Moleskine. Oh, I was going to say, it, it looks like one of the uh, Red Bull Advanced Tech ones. <laughs> no, you definitely no. didn't steal before leaving. He's like, yeah, bring that back. That's not that's not yours. Oh, I'll say this. I'll say this pin for a dollar. Uh, I'm trying oh to think what have I got. I got I got some crap in here that I could sell. Got a Honda F1 poster. We all got. I've got a shoe signed by mm. Seb Metal. Oh. Have you? I got. So... Oh no, it's not there. It's in my bag because I'm getting the other one signed by Lance Dolt. Sorry. I got Sebring, uh, 2006, the Aston Martin GT1 where they won it, nice. and that's signed by Go all on, six man. drivers. Oh, on, man. Do you know how much I paid that's for that, fun. Tony? No. By no, five pound. Oh Let's no, go. that's so sad. Why I bought so... that for five pound directly from ProDrive. Because they didn't know it was in their. Sh- I don't know why we're going off on this tangent, but I'm committed to it. So they were, I went for a pro drive factory tour and they were selling all sorts of, you know, memorabilia, things like yeah. that. And they had that in the shop. And I said, how much for that? And matey boy was like, I don't know, five pounds. And I was like, sold. Yeah, <laughs> yeah run. That. That's going on. No, that's... no take backsies. Now that, now that thing's famous on the podcast, the engine breaking podcast, the super show on the internet that's taking over, um, number 40 in sports. Was it, what, what are we, I where are we at? I don't know. I forgot. There was some, st- it was, no, not four. Geez, we're not that big yet. We might be now. We got some people on, like you. Uh... Yeah, exactly. Somebody that brings <laughs> some kind of legitimacy. Yeah, or some they'll legitimacy. be like, "Wow, fuck! No, this was way too Where serious. I didn't want any of that." Uh, sixty-two. We are Ooh. sixty-two in sports. Let's go. So there you go. There you go. We'll be back in the top fifty soon. Don't worry. Don't I'll worry. create a niche for myself. Like, WTF exactly. women, motorsports, redhead, orange nails. I think I can top the charts. Yeah. I, I think Dan has manifested. We're, he the goal Hell is to yeah. take down WTF one, not in yeah, a malicious way. Up. Just... No, no, no. We're gonna oh, fuck him up. Oh fine. Yeah, Pound, Poundland Will yeah. Buxton's coming for you. Down. And they're a perfect example, by the way, of giving where credit where the credit is due, which is they, you know, they invented something very innovative, very different a couple of years ago, and it is just not for me. 
just like I would. I just do not consume that content. And I don't hate on it. I just, but it's interesting because I, I every like little white British lad that comes to me and goes, I hate your content. Great, go back to WTF1. I don't know what else to tell you. And he's like, yeah, they're the best. Great. I'm good. so glad you have a home. I love, that's good. I love that that's now becoming like some sort of term of slander. Anything associated <laughs> with WTF1. It's like the new you're a drive to survive viewer. I but I, their case studies, sorry, Blake, I completely no, 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 talk their case study is fascinating. Oh, okay, great. Now that Dan's given me approval, here we go. Um, I'm, I think they are great as a case study of, as a media, they came in as a media company, it was on the outside looking in, wanting to rejig that whole, you know, archaic space. Now they've become part of the status quo. And apparently that's always what they wanted was they wanted to be in with that crew. And so I'm curious to see like, where do, where do you take it from there? You And it's like, you see this in tech all the time, tech startup disrupts, you know, the existing status quo, then you become the status quo. Then you have to figure out what your next journey arc is or else you just, you know, you're in with the next one and you'll get disrupted in a couple of years. So I look at them as just like, oh, I would have, if I was you, I would have always stayed on the outside looking in because that you can do so much more. Now you are just part of that space, which isn't bad, but I look at Otosport, Motorsport, WTF1. Um, you know what? And just me, for different generations. Tell me. You, you, you've, you've highlighted something for me that I think we can weaponize. We've that been escalated. on. We, we will disrupt the Formula One podcast space. We have been on the inside. We are now outside. We are untethered. We can well, use social media kind freely. Of the point, wasn't it, really? Yeah, yeah. Just get the fuck out. And that, again, there's like there's two there's the there's these two worlds that sort of coexist of new content creators who want an in, new content creators, and there's very few of us I think that are content creators who don't want an in, who just want to stay on the outside looking in, um, and that's maybe because we've already been on an in in different industries. And then you've got to your point the people who've been in the industry and who are just like, hey, wait a minute, this is actually could be more fun on the outside, or this is a whole new chapter of my life and I have added value. And so it's always interesting of you've got people who are in who are now out who are looking in and then you have people who are out who want in who are looking in and i i don't know i i think there's some really interesting dynamics here at play that could be really it's like when everyone comes up to your dms like i want to go get a job in f1 it's like no you don't kid no you don't i say exactly the same thing <laughs> go, go, go run yeah, stay, stay in school or, or go work with the teams the teams i think you have a bit more fun uh, actually that's a lie i say if you want to work for formula one you have to love large organizations lots of hierarchy, lots of politics, lots of diplomacy. If that's your jam, absolutely, you'll fit right in. But you and, can take a special breed of person to want to thrive in that environment. And lots of work for a pay scale, which is lower than you would be paid in other industries because so many want, so many people want to do it because it's like up want on in. this pedestal. People, There's so many people that want in that, that probably realistically, like, I could go, mm. you know, I could, I could have left and got, 50% more salary doing something else. Yeah. You know, just with my experience mm. level, but but he decided, uh, decided to leave instead and get 100% less by being a content creator. <laughs> <laughs> I was going to say something the same. And we've got uh, three assholes here that make no fucking money. Yeah, <laughs> you know, just exactly. like live the life, kid. It's on the outside. Be a content creator. I don't know where your next it. paycheck comes. <laughs> I'm enjoying it. I'm thriving. Like I, I've I sink or swim. I'm on the steep end of the learning curve, you know. My, my YouTube content and, and stuff is really, really time consuming, but this is like a really cool way to have very genuine conversations, talk a lot of shit and just wind down. And uh, 
still be mm-hmm. passionate about the sport without taking it too fucking seriously, you know? That's why I got t-shirts printed with let's put the fun back in the sport because God knows like this, this, that, you know, let's not take it too seriously. Yep. It's, it's an expensive sport. There's a lot of people's jobs that are obviously attached to it and reliant on it. That we're not curing cancer. It's fun. It's something you watch yeah. on a Sunday afternoon. Um, it's somebody that you, is it we say, your entire, you dedicate your entire personality to. Make F1 internet. fun again. Make F1 fun again. Yeah. Let's do it. Let's yeah. do it. And and I say that, and it can also be very serious at times, but yeah, for sure. And it and it should be, but yeah. Why don't we uh why don't we wrap it, homies? This yeah, is this it. has been awesome. Um thank you for having me. Tony, um, thank you so much for joining us on yes, this and first short non-front. Well, because Blake yeah. can't read a calendar correctly. I, I had no idea what was going on. I was thinking like I just inferred. I feel like Dan I was, and I knew. We we knew. We knew what was going I, on. I had no idea what was going on. I'm I'm lost at the sauce completely. So Tony, where yes. can everybody find you? Because I know that you've got a couple of different outlets. You've mentioned two uh, podcasts. Yeah. Um F1 Tony on TikTok is how I found Tony. Um yeah. do do get involved with that. Uh you stream on Twitch, Tony Cohen Brown. And everywhere uh-huh. else is Tony Cameron Brown, Twitch, Twitter, Instagram, and it's just F1 Tony on on TikTok. So if you like short form fun videos, um, with some and you want to learn something, stuff, and you want to learn something, or ask me questions, I, I love I love smart people with smart questions, and I love trying to figure them out. And if I don't know the answer, well, I'll be in Austin next week, and I can bug a bunch more people who are way mm. more informed in this space than me. And if you do like the idea of chatting about Formula One at the intersection of all all the things that happen whether that's politics. I mean, we did a whole series on sports washing the other day and why, you know, why I ha- I make, I would love to watch the last race in Abu Dhabi, but I don't think there's a, there's, there's a world in which I'm actually ever setting foot in Abu Dhabi. Um, mm. But also I say this as someone who's about to set foot in Austin next week where women's rights are completely in the gutter. And so that's fascinating. So yeah. I I don't know. I, I I talk about all of these things. I don't go too much down. Well, actually, my stream always jokes that TCB tangents for Tony Cameron Brown is a thing that happens every stream. I start going for an article and we go down like 20 different tangents. I'm like, how the fuck did we get here? Um, so those are the conversations that we have on stream. Um, but yeah, yeah those, are the, those are the places where you can find me. So I would encourage everybody to get involved with her. I like hanging out in her streams on Twitch. They're at sociable hours for us in Europe usually. Um, yeah, yes. TikTok, Instagram, Twitter, thought-provoking, yeah. interesting. Um, and if you want to come for the the shit posting and the memes, uh, you got Engine Mode 11. Yes. And, uh, Tea time and Thursdays, big up. YouTube, Engine Mode 11. And um, my you can find me at BreakF1 on TikTok and YouTube. Mm-hmm. Uh, and then everything else is Break <laughs> with three R's. E-R-R-R-A-K-E. But um, you guys hang on for a second. Uh, we'll wrap up this episode. And everybody else listening, thank you guys for all the love and support. This is episode seven. We've made it. We're going to be in the top 1% soon of uh, people with their own shows, not podcasts. Already in the top five. Yeah, we're in the top five. So, but um, seriously, this is this is awesome. Everything is um, this is just fun. So hopefully more of this soon. And uh, maybe you know what? Just just a one quick thing. I think Dan and I are going to record an episode IRL for the end of the season. Uh, maybe uh, come yeah. around mine, get a couple pints, get a little bit sideways, and we can get uh, his missus to come pick him up and drag him home. I'm not coming home. <laughs> <laughs> you can see you can sleep on the couch. We got a guest room, yeah. man. You're They're doing a sleepover. Me yeah, and the cats. Yeah, oh, Barry. Barry, did you just fart on Dan? Oh, Barry. Is All that right. Dan's guys. beard or a cat? Who knows? 
Nobody knows. It's two dead animals. Or anyway. it might be a cat in a beard. <laughs> you, anyway, um, you guys do me a favor, uh, stay fraudulent, and uh, we'll see you after Austin. Yep. Now you can all fuck off. <laughs> right. Recording stopped. What do you guys think? Chat? Da, 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 da. I need to stop oh, the truth comes well. out. Yeah. Well, here, here's what I... Mary redeemed a $50,000 cash prize playing Chumba Casino online. I was only playing for fun, so winning was a dream come true. Chumba Casino is America's favorite free online social casino. You, too, could have the chance to win life-changing cash prizes. Absolutely anybody could be like Mary. Be like Mary. Log on to ChumboCasino.com and play for free now. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. The voice in the preceding commercial was not the actual voice of the winner. Hey, it's Danny Pellegrino from Everything Iconic. Ready to upgrade your style game without blowing your budget? Check out Quince. They've got all the good stuff. Shirts and polos, activewear, and fine leather goods all at 50 to 80% less than other high-end brands. And the best part? They're all about safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get that luxury vibe without the luxury price tag. Hit up quince.com slash upgrade for free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. That's quince.com slash upgrade. Even when we're on a budget, we still deserve nice things. Quince is a place to scoop up stunning high-end goods for 50 to 80% less than similar brands. They have buttery soft cashmere sweater starting at $50, luxurious Italian leather bags, and so much more. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get the high-end goods you'll love without the high price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com style for free shipping and 365-day returns. Imagine the softest sheets you've ever felt. Now imagine them getting even softer over time. That's what you'll feel with Bowling Branch's organic cotton sheets. In a recent customer survey, 96% replied that Bowling Branch sheets get softer with every wash. Start getting your best night's sleep in these sheets that get softer and softer for years to come. Try their sheets with a 30-night guarantee. Plus, get 15% off your first order at BowlingBranch.com. Code BUTTERY. Exclusions apply. See site for details.